Mill Basin is a nice town with good schools. Julie, what did Emerson mean by the Red Slayer? Emerson? But trouble's coming to Mill Basin, and this town will never be the same. Turn up the power! Turn up the light! If rock and roll is the devil's music, then Black Roses is the house band. The hottest band this side of hell is coming to town, and they're saving your soul a seat. Black Roses. Okay, I'm going to go say yes, they did pull up a chair for your seat. They're just making sure. And I also think they hired the guy from the Smuckers commercials to narrate that. <laughs> I think the trailer sold me, uh, it's false advertising, man, because the trailer sold me something that wasn't in the movie. Yeah, false bill of goods, yeah. for sure. Welcome, everybody, to episode 79 of Schlocker Night, where we travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all types of films, even those that tend to exploit the satanic panic of the late 80s. I'm Doc. Oh, and in the process, decide whether they're shock or not, which is the most important part of the show. I'm Doc. I'm joined by my buddy Steve, and now onto the show. Amen. How are you? I think that is it possible. Let me pose you this question: Is it possible that me and you have put you and I, you and I have put more hours of watching and learning into Fasano in February of 2024 than anyone else in the entire face of the earth? Well, I mean, in our general circle of friends, for sure. <laughs> you go to YouTube. I mean, you saw that YouTube video I sent you where Fasano was hanging out with Terran Tactical. Oh, yeah. Like the crazy. same place for John Wick. <laughs> but it's like 1987. So, like, that guy was way ahead of his time with the coolness factor. He was training with those guys and stuff way before anybody even thought about it. I just never thought I'd put so much time into this guy in one month. It's craziness. Well, so, this is Fasano February. Uh, John Fasano. We did Zombie Nightmare. Um, we had the option of doing the jitters, rock and roll nightmare, or black roses. And because you and I had already watched black roses, um, we already had that quiver in our in our um, or that bow in our, or arrow yeah, in our quiver, yeah. I should say, right? So we'd already seen it. We had a good time, and this was kind of an experiment too. We watched it together with another guy, and had a good time with it. The other guy, not so much, because we were talking the entire time like we do on the show. <laughs> So we decided to revisit and see if it's just as fun to watch by yourself. And I, I think the experiment was a success because I have a definitive answer. I think you're right. And uh, I called that viewing three dudes, one couch. It's the way I figured that out. <laughs> just as disgusting, too. Yeah. <laughs> as the reference. So um, did you notice this is a trauma release? I, I did, and I was very, I was curious. I was going to ask you. Is one of my first notes is was uh, Kaufman part of any any other? Was it he part of Zombie Nightmare or any other Fasano thing that that we didn't? See? I don't think so, dude. I don't remember Trauma releasing any of those others. Yeah, no, um, and I think this is only our second Trauma film after. <clears throat> mm. Yes, it is. Frenetic <laughs> Blade, maybe. Yeah, we'll leave that as a as a mystery for our, the listeners to solve. Yeah, so we've already done a trauma movie. Is this the, only the second one, or we had, have we done more? I really couldn't tell you. It, it seems like we've done a lot, but I don't think we have. I think canon is where we usually end up landing. Right, right. Okay. Well, this is a trauma film, so that should tell you all you need to know about trauma, or about this movie. Yeah. And sorry, my phone rang, so it's turned off officially now. It's a professional. It's a professional way to handle that. Yeah. 
Yep, it's in my profession. Anyway, um, like I said, this is a Fasano movie, so I do have some information about um, the nepotism in these films. Okay, good. There is a little bit. So, there should be. There should be. There should be. Yeah, all like independent, low budget, you know, B movies should have you know that familial tie. Yeah, and I think everybody's got to chip in. To and also, I think once you find people that are that are willing to do that type of stuff with you, or that that jive with your vision on on certain things that most people wouldn't, I think you just kind of you by nature you end up sticking with them and giving them more work and working together in general. I like the Warlike Home Video and all that stuff. Right, Those guys right. make you know movies with the same cast and crew over and over and over again, and it's you know yeah. I guess it is the recipe for success. <laughs> are you on a fake sponsors? Let's do it. All right, go for it. You first. All right, give me my notes here. My fake sponsor brought to you by Sirwin Vega Speakers, founded in 1954 by an aerospace engineer named Eugene Sirwinski. Uh, he was famous for producing an 18-inch speaker that could produce 130 decibels at 30 hertz, which at the time was an astonishing level. Uh, get that bass. Uh, growing up as a uh, poor child in the South, uh, nobody I knew had Sermon Vegas speakers. No one. Was that like At the all. high end? Or like science fiction, dude. Like you heard of a Sermon Vega, but you never, like I, when you said that, like instantly I recalled like nobody ever having those. No, nah, they were real, it was real like popular. A, it was here. like a legend. Now nah, you saw them all the time in all the mini trucks here in the eighties. It was a really popular, brand. even home, home, uh, home theaters too. You'd see a lot of like Bose was always the high end one or blah punked. That was always the like big name, big expensive. Never speakers. even heard of that one. Really? Blah-punked? Blah-punked, yeah. No, never heard of them. Yeah. All right, a little learning for the show. You know how I do. Yeah, that's good, man. I, I like it. <laughs> uh, my fake sponsor, this episode of Schlocker Not is brought to you by Satan and his amazing taste in dying musical genres. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> nothing says converting, you know, uh, disciples to your cause more than shitty 80s. Lizzie Borden? <laughs> <laughs> so you keep saying Lizzie Borden, but I'm pretty sure that was Thin Lizzie, like the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the second tier of Lizzie themed band. <laughs> it's almost yacht rock, is what the devil's got into at this point. <laughs> All right, we good. There was a lot of songs in this movie that were not rock and roll. For sure, we're not. Yeah, were, for sure. Dude, they were like straight up Bon Jovi love battle. <laughs> All right. All right. But this did have some music from, like I said, Thin Lizzy and other rock and roll bands, but it also had music from a band, uh, rightfully called black rose it's true they made a black roses band just to record music and i think it was probably a bunch of sessions artists i know uh carmen apici yeah it was, was a drummer there. i think was he yep yeah yep. so we'll talk about him later but um this one you start off you wait wait wait, wait. let me get the spoiler alert we get, we're getting out oh, of geez, order i'm, I'm sorry no problem Man. real quick real quick hello neighbor Doc and Steve are about to discuss all the wonderful details of this film. Doesn't that sound great? But if you don't want your movie experience to be spoiled because you haven't seen the movie, well, I suggest you stop listening now and go watch the film. Don't worry, we'll be right here waiting for you when you get back. See you then, neighbor. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? Do you think there's anybody that's ever listened to this show and we've said something? They were just like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. 
I can't believe they spoiled it. <laughs> Amy turned into a vampire. God dog it. For sure. I wasn't expecting that spoiler. Yeah. Is there somebody out there that does that? I'm sure. There's somebody for everything, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this movie was filmed in Canada, and you can tell because um, it opens up and we got some... Canada's weird because whenever they film in Canada, it always looks like America, but off. Yeah, like a different you know year almost, yeah, like 10 years back or something. Like, yeah, like the signs say, like, free car wash if you purchase 30 liters of gas. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> liter. You get a liter of pop. <laughs> it, it's always like America light. Like, it looks like America, but made with AI, so you don't really know yeah. what you're looking at. But uh, everybody's enjoying the nightlife, and they better enjoy it for as long as they can because uh, Black Roses are on stage, and they're performing their biggest hit, which is Thin Lizzy's Me Against the World. <laughs> I, I was totally cool with the opening music and makeup and and you were uh, you were okay with that? I was totally cool with it. Yeah, I did. I liked it. They get a band playing music which sounds like heavy metal on its last dying legs, <laughs> right? Uh, never. I was never a hair metal guy. I'm not either. I was a little too late for that, right? I, I know my brother was Def Leppard, Poison, all that. He loved it. He's five years younger than me, so my brother Randy, he absolutely loved that shit. Posters of Bobby Doll. On the wall from Poison. Bass player Poison. Very obscure to have the bass player, especially when C.C. DeVille and like Brett Michaels were the main guys. He had a poster of Bobby Doll in the <laughs> Yeah, he was digging deep. He was going for the B-sides of Poison. He was, he was definitely getting obscure, right? Um, but I, I I was, you know, I could do with a once bitten, twice shy every now and then, I guess. Uh, but it was never my musical genre. No, I know some of the hits, some of the, you know, ones that everyone would know, but it wasn't something that I played regularly at all. Remember those commercials where, you know... Uh, Every dying musical uh, fad always has that late night commercial back in the day where you could get 25 songs for 10.99 and they oh, would yeah. play like snippets of the songs as the titles went Hell yeah. from bottom to the top. I tried to buy you, you know. the uh, Monster Ballad CD once. Remember the one that had like all the monsters of rock, but it was their ballads, their love songs. I tried to get I that for it. you. Yeah. Oh, did I buy it for I you? Did it. I actually no, get no, it? I have it already. Oh, no, okay. I have it. I think my wife and I on a lark bought the Monsters of Rock CDs a couple of times. That's good the ballads and just the regular rock anthems just to, you know, goof on them. Yeah. And, and those would be the ones in. that I know that I, I wouldn't know any of their deep cuts for sure. So like you would know, um, uh, every rose has a thorn. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like everybody knows that one. Um, cherry pie. Yeah. I think every stripper dances to that. Pretty sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what else would be a big one? What was one? Oh, uh, more than words. Yeah. More than, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent job. So you know what we're uh, talking about here. Yeah. So uh, we should mention that the members of the Black Roses band are full demon mode. And the uh, lead singer, Damien's Mask, is incredibly... Uh, it was going to be incredibly cheap looking. I, I But I was I liked it. I liked how bad it looked. I, I thought it matched the movie really well. And I, th I think it was probably the best makeup they did. I mean, later... When I thought they'd bring that back, spoiler, they didn't. I did, I liked the beginning makeup better, or the prosthetic better than the ending one. Uh, I think nothing beats the devil and the uh, the Julie demon. The nothing Julie demon was, was solid. The, it was very solid. Yeah, both the, the Satan at the end and the Julie demon are my two favorites. Um, because when I was looking at Damien, there were points where I could see his mouth yeah, underneath, underneath the mask. Yeah. And it reminded me, like, <laughs> when, when you see the stunt guys in the tur Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles costumes, yeah. you can see them, their face underneath. It kind of reminded me of that. You yeah, know? That's funny. Which completely takes you out of it and also terrifies you because 
it's like an entity within an entity and it just looks off so yeah i I still enjoyed it both all three watchings i enjoyed it I will say this crowd uh, for this show is loving the performance way more than the oh, kids of Mill Basin of ever course. do because they're at least out of their seats. That drove me nuts. Yeah, that for sure. Yeah. The, the singer fits with the band too. Uh, the rest of the band, they don't quite match. Like when you think of 80s hair metal, like the lead singer had the hair, had the look. Everybody else kind of looked like fill-ins. Like Maybe they were better sessionist uh, musicians than live performance because they didn't have that rock and roll look. They looked kind of like, I don't know. No, they almost looked like, like Crockett and Tubbs from Miami Vice walking up there. It would be like a sport coat or something when the other guy was yeah. wearing a, a, a leather thong with a you know leopard, sprint butt, leopard print butt or something. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they totally don't match. Uh, but we do get me against the world, so we have that. Um also, that scene was filmed after the production of the movie had wrapped, I so they tell, like uh, added that in, right? Yeah. Um, and at first, I didn't know if that that was actually the wraparound to the end where they say they're going to continue playing because a couple times in the movie they mentioned this is the first time they're recording, uh, they're playing outside of a studio. But on further watching, and that drove I, I, yeah. me nuts. So <laughs> maybe the, the show at the beginning is actually the. Madison Square Garden. It isn't. Show. I thought it was, but it isn't because uh, I did. I did catch in a little, very, very short scene in the movie where the guy was like, "No, it's our first time outside the studio, except for one failed performance," which I think they were alluding to the beginning performance. But the continuity was way off uh, with with the sets for sure. Yeah, and and uh, the lead singer's name is Damien because anytime you have a movie associated with Satan, the main character has to be named Damien, like right. the Omen, yep. right? Um, which he's played by Sal Viviano. Um, he was in The Jitters, which is a Fasano film. Uh, he was in this one. He was also in a little show called The Cosby Mysteries, which I don't believe they're they're not such a mystery anymore. Uh, exactly what he was doing, <laughs> so just saying. Was so, that a cartoon or something? Uh, it sounds like it would be a cartoon. Probably, yeah. Who knows? I just uh, I saw Cosby and I was like, oh, Cosby joke. That's an easy one. Um, and then you know the concerts going off. I guess you could say. And uh, some authority figures have come to shut this shit down. On un- un- no idea why. Just it's got to stop. So it's two two like security guard, mall security guards, and some old white dude, and like it's got to stop. This music's got to got to get over. And uh, when they show up, there's people in the lobby that are watching into the auditorium, and they're already under Damien's spell. Right, they're starting to go crazy with the the music. Yeah, and the leathery hip sachets of Damien. Yeah. So there's a lot of that going on. And uh, as the old stodgy party pooper like opens the door, he's immediately assaulted by, uh, quote, zombies, I mm, guess. Yeah, demons, Wearing zombies. the finest, uh, finest party city costumes money can buy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see like those uh, kids costumes where like it's the zombie with the mask and the chest piece? Yeah, yeah. Everybody that's leaving the show, they're dressed like... Um, like zombies from the beginning of Night of the Living Dead, they're all wearing like business suits with yeah. the, the chest pieces. And they stuff. were at a rock concert. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they spent the money, the budget for this movie on the rights to that Thin Lizzy song. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like that, that band got a cool meal for that song just to be used in the movie. And everyone else had to split up 15 grand the whole rest of the movie. <laughs> No, Fasano. I mean, dude, his movies always have a pretty stellar soundtrack. They do. So it's he probably, crazy. He probably knew those guys, right? I, dude, like, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, even in the last movie, like, how the hell are they getting? He's getting stuff that we haven't seen a lot of the uh, the B or the lower budget stuff movies we've seen. He's getting some some big, well known name bands, which is crazy to me. 
and later on we'll see even a subtle nod to like one of the most um infamous of la bands the mentors <laughs> right like they actually have a nod to the mentor which you know they were from la they've got a lot of sordid history out there so he probably knew those guys too like el duce and all the rest of the uh sicky wife beater is the guitar player That's i think crazy yeah for that show um but now we go to a seemingly smaller town as the credits begin to roll. And I'll tell you, Shapiro Glickenhaus Entertainment Corporation rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> Dude, the credit, the credit music, it belonged in like an Indiana Jones knockoff. It was almost like triumphant, adventurous. Dude, every time Morehouse would go from house to house in his car, it always plays like a crazy. swashbuckling. Yeah, you caught car. that too? It was crazy. <laughs> it's almost like Sloth came out of the cave at the end of He's driving around his little hatchback. It was almost Superman, almost Indiana Jones. It was almost there. It was probably almost free royalty music. Almost. If you could do something that John Williams was doing, but just make it like, off key just a little bit <laughs> that was what you got it's like the music from uh reanimator it sounds almost exactly like the psychos yeah. music yeah man just, just like one or two notes off yeah just just a slightly different tempo it's crazy but those credits were cool like they got the shot of the uh the street and the the vines grow and the black roses grow across oh, and cool. you get the logo and yeah. the, the kit car lamborghinis yeah. <laughs> rolled down the fiero the fiero with the lamborghini kit <laughs> It might have been a Lamborghini, actually. I, I don't know those models. I, dude, I'm not a car guy either, but yeah. they don't look expensive to me. They look very... Like, they added in the sounds. Of the you hear that? The door, I was going to say... Doors the, opening, like... There's no way the door kid. sounded like that. Hello, Damien. <laughs> Welcome to Mills Basin, Damien. Thank you, Kit. Uh, it should be like... Uh, uh, kissed. Knights and Satan's... You're, you're almost there. You're almost there. Service. There it is. <laughs> there it is. I worked my way out. I think the um, door, the door sound was almost the same sound as Star Trek when the doors open, like squish, squish. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Damien gets out to survey the uh, the area, and literally, he's wearing all black, like a leather jacket, leather pants, leather boots, but he has a pair of like leopard print panties over top of the jeans, so they're on the outer side of his attire mm, yeah or they were sewed in i couldn't tell dude i couldn't it's it, like he just put on a pair of panties over his dungarees yeah. <laughs> he's ready to go oh look how rock and roll i look not very rock and roll at all anymore how many cows were murdered to make that suit because it was nothing but leather what's crazy is like uh mgk machine gun kelly would probably wear something like that tomorrow yeah i know it all <laughs> so comes around it all yeah, comes, it all back, comes around. back around <laughs> so i noticed though in the credits that the screenplay for this movie is uh, written by a female by the name of Cindy Sorrell. So I did a little digging and I don't know if you remember detective Sorrell from zombie nightmares was played by Frank Dietz. Who's also in this movie who also has the name of the writer of this film. So I was like, there's something fishy here. When it, come to find out Cindy Sorrell or Cyril, if you look at IMDb is the wife of John Fasano. Oh, there you go. It, it there all go. connects. And then they're both best friends with Kevin Bacon. So then we wrap it around to Kevin. Right back in. Uh, so, and then I discovered that Cindy Sorrell is also the mother of Jesse D'Angelo, who played young zombie in Zombie Nightmare. And he plays the kids burning the thousands of dollars worth of DC characters in the fire. Oh, yeah, in this movie. One scene in this movie. Yeah. So there Perfect. you go. Perfect. It's man. a family affair. That's great. 
and then we notice that the town of Mill Basin is waking up and getting excited for the Black Roses concert because that's all anybody's talking about. Well, the children and are. The, the, uh, the, the adults, ju- the not children. so much. Yeah, they, they're putting flyers up all over town. Remember, that was the thing in small yeah. towns, flyers. Um, I still see those down like near the west side and stuff for like the uh, Criss Cross concert coming yep. up. Yeah, DJ Quick still plays at the yep. Freedom Park DJ sometimes. DJ Quick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neo, they'll have those flyers and it's like, it's a flyer on the on the light pole, but there's like 50 rap groups on there. Yeah. And always at the end, there's Casey and JoJo somewhere. <laughs> they're on that list. They're going to play. Right, but anyway, um, is it me or during that little montage of everybody waking up and everybody's morning starting, were all the parents like terrible cliches oh, yeah. from 80s movies? Like the screeching mom waking up Tony. Tony, get out for bed. You got to be late, you piece of shit. Yeah, the dad with got- the cigar already. He's already somehow chewing on his cigar and he's all dirty and greasy. There's one guy. He's like, he's the overly... Uh, touchy drunk stepdad hitting on his on his kids. So weird. Yeah. And then you got the uh, some other lady telling her the kid that uh, rock music is for the devil. It's like all the eighties cliches just smashed into one. Yeah. Opening montage when everybody's waking up in the morning. Don't be mean to your kids in the morning when they wake up, man. They're just starting their day off too. Try and be nice to them. Yeah, they they're they're totally setting up um, each character's family. Uh, dynamic right like th- this kid is tired of living in a small town this girl wants to do something and it, it, this one doesn't want to be following his dad's footsteps so you're getting a, a very fast peak of each kid's dynamic with their parents uh kind of unnecessary i don't think it really needed it but you get it pretty quick so it didn't didn't bother me every kid in this movie is filled with um angst angst teen angst and um sexual what's the word i'm looking for frustration frustration <laughs> Yes. Like they're just, their hormones are just a busting. Yeah. They're out of control. Um, and then we go into um, school. I guess all the kids are going to school and we see the learned Professor Morehouse teaches about Walt Whitman. And uh, you do know how smart he is based upon the length of his turtleneck. The higher yeah. the turtleneck goes, the more college degrees you have. I and how well groomed the mustache was, because that was oh, like dude, perfect. that lip sweater was on point. That was good. Like we should do a, a best mustache. We should do like an end of the year this year, and we'll come up with a bunch of categories, and and we'll put some people up for best mustache. All right, can me and you be included? Because you know I can grow a pretty good mustache. Uh, I've seen your stashes, and they're exceptional. Mine, not so much. But you, you, you tend to like dabble in like waxes and unguits and <laughs> natural like juices of- and berries. <laughs> like you really take care of that thing not that so much broom. right now i'm chewing on it so it's not getting taken care of at all <laughs> probably stinks like egg salad <laughs> like yesterday's yogurt <laughs> <laughs> it's gone spoilt on your lips um but you know the kids i use that in <laughs> that quotation marks too i think i'm uh, pretty sure johnny was like two years away from a colonoscopy I, he's not <laughs> It's, it's it's about due. Yeah. It's about due for the yearly. Yeah. yearly pretty, pretty sure. Uh, the kids are arguing morals and ethics in the same breath as talking about how, like, the Black Roses concert is their civil rights movement. I know. They were really pushing something. I don't know what, but they were pushing like, it. Listen, me and Rosa Parks got a lot in common, <laughs> right? Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat, and I refused to not go see Black Roses three <laughs> nights in a row. I just I just looked down at my notes. You know what I have written here with little quotes? I have Whitesville High located in Caucasianburg, USA. So apparently there wasn't a lot of diversity at that school. 
<laughs> they don't even have a black janitor at that place. <laughs> like, come on, we zombie nightmare had that. I don't even remember writing that. I made myself laugh. Yeah, talk, talk about like kids bitching about nothing. You know, bitching about a problem that's non-existent. It's <laughs> good. Uh, this is a very universal theme in movies, though, right? Kids just want to rock, yeah. and parents don't want to let them because of Satan. It's, it's so always Satan. I've seen this before. This comes back yeah. to Satan. 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 And I think they even say like, <laughs> I think they even say later like, uh, we haven't allowed outside influences like technology <laughs> to come into this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's 1988. Amish. Literally, people are still reading newspapers at like fucking 10 o'clock at night while. Yeah. You know, yeah. while getting murdered. Anyway, um, Johnny equates Whitman's poem, if I can remember this correctly, um, with how his parents are hypocrites for trying to sh- shut down the show, which I couldn't, like, even though I was, I've was, i watched it several times, I really still couldn't catch the line there. No, it, it, his whole thing was like, they hate evil, but they like getting rid of evil, so they're hypocrites because they want evil to be a, there so that they can actually get rid of it. Well, in which order to vanquish made, evil, you have to have evil to vanquish. No, no sense so, whatsoever, so yeah. The parents like vanquishing and getting rid of evil, so that means they want evil because... To, bank, bank, to, to justify to their phony baloney job? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've all been in that uh, phase of our life where we're insanely intelligent teenagers. Yeah, my, my uh, son is approaching everything. there right now. Uh, yeah. I'm sure oh, yours he's, is He's too. already halfway there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely knows more than me about most everything. <laughs> I, I know, you know, my son will say something to me, and uh, he'll look at me like, uh, I'm the dumbest creature on the planet. Yeah. So I get that quite a bit, too. Yeah. Uh, I actually had recently the guy who watched the movie with us, Sean, his son is in college and he was saying some stuff that, you know, on the surface sounded really, you know, intelligent, prophetic, and uh, very deep in thought. But then when like literally you pull out two tiers of the argument, it's like so based. Yeah. That's okay though. Yeah. I think everyone, go- I went through it. Everyone's going to go through it. Oh, I- we've all been there, man. Just yeah. the awkward teenage phases where you're trying to figure shit out. You like, finally one day you're like. You figure one thing out and you're like, I got it all figured out. Yeah. It's, and it's and tough looking back on it. that. Some of the things that I was so sure about and then now how I feel kind of embarrassed about. Ah, yeah. It, it, that's a tough time. About, like, have you ever been literally like having shower thoughts and think about the most embarrassing, the most awkward thing you've ever done in your life and just shudder that yeah. you even did it? Of course. I think that's oh, yeah, part of the human experience right there. And that's, it, that's kind of the problem I have with like a lot of the technology and the shit that happens now is like, you know, a, a, a kid, you know, going to college with a scholarship and they find that when he was 12, he, you know, uh, posted a fart joke on Instagram. So he loses his scholarship. Yeah. Like, like literally my son just uh, made JV for volleyball and that was half of the class for all the athletes is about social media and about what not to post. So they don't ruin it. It'll ruin everything you work for, man. But just think of the like, things. You, you the try things, and get great grades. You try and be physically fit. You try not to get injured. You try to be the best at your sport. You try and do – because especially the school he goes to, they're scholar, scholarly athletes. So if they have a D in anything, they can't compete yeah. at all. And they have to wear street clothes with their team. So they're kind of like shunned, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, one one bad post that you posted when you were 12 years old could ruin everything for you. So, But thinking back to, to my young uh, preteen or teenage years, too, the things that I was really sure about or that I was passionate about, I'm not so much now. Where I, you know, thinking back, I have a totally different opinion of, of, of that. And I, but, but it's not cataloged. 
my my I don't have a video right, of me yeah, at 13 yeah. saying how much I hated blank or how much I don't think some so and so is right. And now I have a way different opinion about most things. My opinion now is pretty much if it doesn't interfere with anybody else's life i don't care what you do you know you do whatever you want to do as long as it doesn't bother someone else or bother your family or whatever which i think is like one of the tenets of the church of satan now that i'm thinking about it but uh 100 <laughs> so. I, I think i actually did that one time i pulled out like some of the tenets of the church of satan and i read it to my mormon friend and he was like oh that sounds all pretty pretty you know uh satisfactory that sounds like all legitimate like ways to live your life and i was like that's the church of satan yeah. he's like oh dear god <laughs> it's so cr- i watched a whole uh, documentary about it and i thought like shit i'm like 94 percent church of satan already <laughs> you know what they there do too no way shape or form condoning the church of satan no no, no. Trust you know what they do too though which is really funny is they troll groups like uh so th- you know their bi- their biggest i think uh, issue is uh, separation of church and school. Like they hate when schools, state, stuff like that, yeah. specifically school, because they don't want it around the kids for some reason. I don't know, whatever. But they'll they'll troll. Like they'll they'll take. There's a group that if they don't like their stance and they don't believe in their stance, like a hateful group, they will side with that group publicly because they know that siding the Church of Satan siding with someone makes them look bad. So they will troll somebody <laughs> on a subject that they don't even believe in. Because our whole we thing agree is just with the uh, Church of Latter Day Saints on this point. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, <"What>? no. <laughs> they will do. They'll side with something that they have no belief in, just because they know it gives that person a bad look. And to me, that's an ultimate troll job. That's awesome. And I'll tell you what the uh, the president of the Church of Satan, whatever his name is, have you ever? He, I forget his name, but he's got that one milky eye. Have you ever seen him? Uh, all I remember is Levey, but I think he's long gone, right? Uh, Anton Levey's not been around for a I minute. But so, yeah. I forget the guy's name, and I'll send you a picture of him because he always does like interviews on the news and stuff. And he's got that one milky eye, so he looks pretty scary. <laughs> so it's like perfect. It's like yeah, the Church of Satan, of course. Look at this guy. <laughs> like what other church would he? Uh, can we get some can we get some videos of him adversely? You know, we had the videos of the farting preacher, which uh, I don't know why that's so funny so- to me. That's so great. Like, if I need to pick me up, I just watch a farting preacher, and that makes the day infinitely better. But could we do some with him preaching, like some serious satanic stuff, doing some farts? That would be great. I think the difference is he would like, probably be cool with it, bit. even though the other guy isn't. The Church of Satan guy might actually be okay with it. <laughs> sure, I'm down. Just to, just to uh, side with the, the other guy. Or no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be interesting to see with that preacher who has all the fart videos online, what he thinks about those. Hey, it's like free exposure, whatever. And, and not only that, actually, that might be against the tenets of the Church of, of Satanism because that is inferring in somebody else's life or possibly um, bothering somebody else. And one of their, like I said, their whole tenets is do not do anything that would interfere or bother somebody else. It's uh, affect anybody else's life. Yeah, yep. crazy. Well, so I we, guess murder's out because I mean that definitely affects somebody's. Yeah, life. sacrificing babies, all that stuff that we thought was it's true. All out. <laughs> it's all out. Uh, well, we got uh, off track real good there. We sure did. Uh, Professor Matthew Morehouse uh, basically tries talking some sense into all these idiotic teens. Um, But hey, man, they just want to party. That's it. That's it. And uh, Morehouse is played by an actor by the name of John Martin, who was. uh, Would you you be shocked if I told you he was in an episode of Three's Company? No. (laughs) I wouldn't be shocked if he was Jack Tripper's stunt double in Three's Company. <laughs> we need a stunt feather haircut up yeah. here ASAP. He it did. Uh, John Martin also did like a ton of daytime stories, which are all filth. We know that he did a ton of B movies. Uh, he's fine in this movie. I thought so. Um, but he really, what does he do? Yeah, <laughs> sit around and talk a lot, and maybe have a, a tussle at the end. Try to get with his student in every scene. 
Uh, we're going to talk about that too. Okay. Um, but according to some blonde bimbo in the class, <laughs> which every girl in this is a bimbo, even the ones that I thought wouldn't be bimbos, they're bimbos. Uh, it was an honor for Black Roses to choose the small town of Mill Basin for their first show, which is immediately what I was thinking, what right. you were talking about earlier. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've already seen them perform. Yeah. It, it, it took me a while to figure that one out, to puzzle that, to put that puzzle together, but yeah. So what, what, oh, so you're saying maybe the first show wasn't Black Roses. They were using like a different name and that gimmick didn't no, work. So they changed it up. There's, there's one line in the whole movie that explains it. And when it's when the teacher, when Matthew goes to talk to Damien, when they have that cool glass of milk together when they're sharing a cool glass of milk <laughs> it's that scene where where they're like he's saying the same thing why did you pick mill basin and uh the guy's like well the, the they wanted us to start testing our our show because we've only played in the studio and then he kind of as an aside says except for one other time but that didn't go as planned so that i think was the beginning show but i mean well, you know why it didn't go as planned because it was interrupted halfway through there you go People came in and interrupted the show, so they couldn't do the uh, full-on... But, I mean, if you're not really, really watching for that, then you really don't understand why the show was in the beginning to begin with, or... Yeah, whatever. It's really well, not... How does anybody in the small town of Mill Basin even know about Black Rose? <laughs> like, tape trading, maybe? Yeah, there's, like, no internet there. Yeah, dude. Like, how do we know about anything back in those days? Magazines? I mean, Nintendo Power Magazine and Kung Fu I, Magazine? I would buy Metal Maniacs like crazy. Yeah. Like, I remember looking at pictures of uh, Bad Religion in Metal Maniacs magazine, which is kind of funny because a punk really, band yeah. and a metal magazine. But we always made fun of Bad Religion because they look like a bunch of dorks compared to, like, Peter Steele and Danzig and shit. But Bad Religion's like, one of the coolest, best bands ever. Yeah, dude, and that dude that uh, heads it, isn't he the head of one of the biggest uh, um Like, he's studios? a genius. Yeah. He's an absolute genius. <laughs> yeah, is he, like, Epitaph Records? He's, like, huge. That guy's... Well, Epitaph Records, but he's also a college professor. Like, he's, like... He's an absolute genius. I saw a picture. Of, I saw a picture of him next to Fat Mike from the uh, Punk Rock Museum here, and uh, yeah, he looks like an old, he looks like an old no, professor. He, Fat Mike is a what man? Is no effects. Who is like no you effects, know, right? Chunky dude with pink hair and sleeveless shirt, and he was standing next to what looked like a college professor, and that was the Bad Religion guy. So. But if you listen to Bad Religion's lyrics too, they're very yeah, they're smart, uh, very smart, very way smarter than me. Yeah. But goddamn, their music's so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we know Johnny's a class clown because he's got a mo pin on his denim jacket. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mo Howard. And uh, also, so you know, Johnny yeah, is yeah, also yeah. smitten. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny is smitten with who I deemed initially the moral blonde chick, not the slut. <laughs> so the slut wants Johnny, but Johnny wants the chick that wants Professor Morehouse. Well, here, here's another issue with this movie, which I've had in other movies. We got um, Janie, Julie, Johnny. Uh, Bobby, Tony, Billy. Yeah, so you're trying to keep all the blondes. Actually, the blondes were Janie, Julie, and Tina. Those were the three main girls. But they were work. They were other than Julie. The other two girls were pretty interchangeable for the most part. Dude, I didn't even know. So, like, uh, full disclosure, I put some girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> in my notes. It's fine because <laughs> uh, you know they don't use their names a lot. Uh, the pictures in their IMDb compared to what they look like now are completely yeah, different. Not, not, so not it's hard. Close. But yeah. dude, like I did notice in IMDb that there's a like at the breakfast scene, one of the moms is Julie Adams. <laughs> Do you know who that is? No, I don't think I looked that up at all. That's the lady from Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> well, she's in the movie for like thirty seconds and has like maybe half a line, <laughs> something like "Finish your orange juice" great. or something. Like Julie Adams is in your movie too. <laughs> Yeah, it's nuts. 
Fasano was like, I had her for thir- you know thirty minutes. I had to do something. Friend of a friend, a, yeah. Friend of a friend favor. So, do you think anybody saw this movie just because they saw Julie Adams in the credits? I didn't know she was in it, so maybe no. <laughs> do you think uh, they put her in large font on the back of the box, or? I mean, she's one of the top build. <laughs> she was in the movie for like seven seconds. So. So anyway, uh, we get home and Johnny's dad is asking him about this darn Black Roses concert that everybody's been all up in arms about. And Johnny already has tickets for both shows. So they're, they're, they, they're establishing a residency at Mills Base. Right. Yeah, yeah. He explains it later as they're trying to work out the kinks in their show. So they're doing like a four night or a five night stint or something there. Do you think bands actually do that? Like go to some podunk town and just play a show? Maybe like the four nights in a row just to work it out. You think so? You think they're like going to like Saudi Daisy, Tennessee and like setting up in a VFW? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I will say one of the coolest shows I ever saw was Mudvayne and uh, they were in the height of their popularity. They were big. They were filling arenas and they did this thing called the, um, I forget what it's called. Um, like the assassins tour or something where they were playing in small clubs across the nation uh, and they played at the place called um, the Live. No, what is that? It's like the Red Room on Boulder Highway. It's like a tiny ass. Little oh, place. they used to have reggae uh, shows out there. Yeah, yeah. They changed Dude, the name of that place all the time. Yeah, place. yeah. So I won a radio contest. I got to go backstage, meet the band, and um, then they played in this small ass club, and they played with balaclavas over their face, and they played all their new songs just to see if they would work or not. Interesting. And that place got destroyed. <laughs> really? Absolutely fucking destroyed. Because this was like in their peak, dude. They were they were huge. They were all over 107.5, 92.3. They just did this one small tour where they played little small clubs, cool. and it was the coolest fucking I show. I know the exact place you're talking about. It was on Boulder Highway. I've been there a couple of times, like I said, for reggae shows, and they would change the name of that place. I think it got sold a lot. But you know who played there, and I didn't see... I don't know if I've told this story on the show before, but Sublime, when they were just about to get famous, played at that place and like five of us went down there and it turned out it was like a 21 or over show and a couple of us were like under just like some of us were 20 some were 21 22 so a couple of the guys got in and the dude at the at the front was like i was 21 at the time but a couple of my buddies weren't so i didn't want to go in without them and there i think lance might have been there and they said uh just go around back talk to the dude so we went to the back and the dude at the door was like hey man just give me like 20 bucks each you can get in because it was a bar as well yeah oh yeah you know what i said I ain't paying 20 bucks to see them. I'll just see them next time they're in town. And the dude died. So I did not get to see Sublime at like the smallest venue ever. <laughs> like the most intimate showing ever with the guy, the legendary like, guy who created the band. Like 45 people could fit in there. I could have been one of them. And I was like, I'll just catch him next time. I'm not paying 20 bucks for that crap. <laughs> Joke was on me. Motherfucker, dude. Yep. Kristen, you also say you saw Cypress Hill one of their first shows and they suck hard. Yeah, it was at, uh, I, I can't remember if it was Freedom Park or one of them, but people were spitting on them. They were like throwing their beer on them and spitting on them. I mean, Cypress Hill doesn't sound good live even now. I've seen them live uh, both, you know, like it, before they were famous and after. Actually, most rap doesn't sound good live because I used to work at some see, of those arenas. Yeah. See, I was talking to you about doing a music episode for the show and you're like, you're not really into music. It's like, yeah. that's not true, dude. You've got a lot of history. Yeah. Uh, we, I used, we could make it work. I seen a lot of live bands because I used to work at, at like the Thomas and Mac when they used to, ha- that was like the only place in town. So all the big bands went there, Aerosmith and ACDC and everything. So I got to see them all live, but it, I was working it. I wasn't really enjoying it, you know? So it's kind of a different feel. I think, I think you put your nuts in my mouth uh, at one of my favorite <laughs> shows I've ever been to. I believe you, you did have a bag of them nuts. What was it at? Uh, it was the Misfits. Was it that? At Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I got to see the Misfits. 
Uh, it's like the third or fourth time I've seen it, but what a fucking show! Dude. Yeah, <laughs> what a show. I used anyway. to I used to uh, rate bands based on how the how they got the crowds going, not so much on the music because some of the bands like Aerosmith, which I'm not a huge fan of, they made that that thing was dude. I cannot tell you the crowd was electric, bro. For they just they had the best stage presence. Um, and then some bands that I really did like or had good music, they didn't have good stage presence. Like they really didn't get the crowd involved or there wasn't like really amped up. And I think that makes a big difference on a, in a big live show, how much you can get the fans involved. You know? Dude, if you can get like, um, lamb of God or, uh, Gojira, they do those wall of death moves. Have you ever seen those? Never. Oh, it's the most violent thing you've ever seen in your life. They, you know, each of those bands has like a song with the most ridiculously heavy riff you've ever heard in your life. And so they'll just start chugging that riff, right? And there's a big breakdown coming. So they'll just keep chugging that riff and chugging that riff like a choo-choo train. And they'll have each side of the room get on, you know, they'll part the room in the middle and everybody has to go to one side or the other. And then at the breakdown, each side of the room just rushes each other and crushes each other (laughs) in a wall of death. And it's always so violent looking, man. And I love that shit. You're right. If if the band can just get yeah. the crowd involved, that's why. Like, I think the Ghost Show was probably one of the better shows I've ever seen in my life because everybody is ha- like, I've got more video of my daughter just totally losing her fucking mind. <laughs> you know, like like a Swifty. Have you seen the? I, I think you've sent out a couple of those where like Taylor Swift fans going nuts when Taylor Swift comes out and plays a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It really it really makes a difference in the atmosphere of, of the crowd, man, for sure. Yeah, I was at I was at a Motley Crue concert. I, just, I can't see how like you know loving an elevator just gets anybody pumped. I know I dude, I'm telling you, I, I was at a Motley Crue concert, early Motley Crue in the '80s, and uh, Tommy Lee they picked up his drums on a crane. Oh my god! Up, went above the above you, so his sweat is dripping all over you. Above the crowd on a crane, he's playing like a, a 20 minute drum solo, and at the end he bungee jumped off the drums and hung over the crowd, and he was wearing a, a G string. Like he was completely naked with the G string hanging over Talk the about crowd. The mentors and herpes too. <laughs> and I think he stopped doing it because he did it in an arena and like busted his head. Like they messed up the length and he busted his head on a seat or something. But I was at the show. It was, he was hanging right above us, just wearing Jesus. nothing, playing the drums. Craziness. So how aroused on a scale of one to 10 were you? See, I was in like seventh grade. So probably 510%. <laughs> it's just all day. Blew my mind. Like, what? Dude is right above me. <laughs> uh, on another note, how much do you think two t- uh, tickets to both shows of the Black Roses would be in 1988? Uh, I'm guessing seven bucks. Would you have something around that? <laughs> I'm trying to remember because I, I remember seeing Metallica during their black tour in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I just, I can't remember if those tickets were like, Twenty two dollars no. to get in, and back yeah. then it was like twenty two dollars. Yeah, in the twenties is what I paid for like Thompson Twins and and uh, Motley Crue and stuff like that, and that was I thought that was really expensive at the time, and that was in the eighties. Dude, I saw Guar during COVID, and I paid twenty five dollars for the tickets to see Guar at House of Blues in Vegas. I spent twenty five dollars to park at at the hotel for parking. Then I had to buy a rapid test for COVID for thirty five dollars to get access into the show Grapes. so i spent 60 dollars for a 25 dollar show oh my god yeah it's like fucking are you kidding me dude like, and then and another 70 to Ticketmaster for some reason <laughs> you know for fees and stuff yeah <laughs> larry wants to go out to eat later so that's a 399 feet. I saw I saw a funny meme. It was uh it was a Green Day he played like a free thing in the subway in, in New York. They're just down there like in, with a fake wig on playing a playing for free for everybody, like busking. 
And uh, mm-hmm. in the bottom said Ticketmaster still charge everyone seven bucks or something like that. <laughs> they good. added the price onto the subway ticket. Yeah, they still got theirs. <laughs> <laughs> but just like any good town that's about to have a blasphemous rock show, uh, Town Hall convenes to debate it. And uh, that's when you get like Tipper Gore from the PMRC extolling the dangers of black roses and I, satanic imagery. I took a cut of her. So yeah, exactly what you said there. there the, the, there's like a PTA or something that's trying to get the mayor to stop the band from singing. And th- this is her explaining why. Their satanic music and subversive lyrics threaten to undermine the very fabric of our society. Would you care to hear some of their propaganda? Yeah! You just yeah! And you tell me if this isn't the work of the devil himself? Tear down the walls of hell. Make room for lust to dwell. Carry in your hands a sword. Tear away the image of the Lord. Listen, man, I hope she's never listened to anything by DSI. You know, you know what's funny? I, I, that's what I had, too. I said, the lyrics were kind of tame. I hope no one in that town gets a hold of Two Live Crew, because that's about the same year I think I came. <laughs> Listen, don't be reading off. Welcome to the fuck shop. Oh, that's what I put. I put welcome to the fuck shop on there. It's the same thing I put. I almost took the audio cut. It's funny. So she's up there, and she's holding the cover oh, of the good. Black Roses album, talking about its satanic satanic imagery. It's literally a skull on the, a black background. It's the not goofiest even a scary skull. skull. It's the like goofiest skull you've ever seen. Yeah. Like the, uh, it's the you know, the social like distortion a, skeletons that do like a, a little ska dance. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> it's that skull. It's, that it's, so, it's, it, it's like um, a, a Halloween decoration at an elementary school yeah. skull. Like yeah. it's so like non- it's smiling, uh, dude. It's got teeth. <laughs> so I hope that lady never sees a Cannibal Corpse album cover or a Pungent Stench. Listen, if she, if you've never seen the uh, cover for Bincot Buttering by Pungent Stench, <laughs> that is like the most. Or Montanueros from fucking Brujeria. It's got like the head of a severed a sever uh, DEA agent's head in front of a pile of cocaine. Oh, I think <laughs> it, the album cover. I think NWA was playing the the next weekend, so she's in for a whole shock. <laughs> Dude, listen, Aaron's going to like this. Like, have you ever heard of the Dawn of the Black Black Hearts album cover? No. So this band Mayhem, that's it's their like bootleg live album. It's called Dawn of the Black Hearts. And the guitar player took a, Euronymous, took a picture of the lead singer and put it on the album. But the problem is the lead singer just blown the top of his head off with Ooh. a shotgun. Wow. And he photographed it and made it the album cover. <laughs> <laughs> So like Black Roses is definitely, you know, that's the hill to die on. It's like the it's you know it looks like the skeletons in like um the Mickey Mouse Halloween episode with Donald Duck in the haunted house. It's like those type of skeletons. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's like a fa- Fantasia skeletons yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, talk about puritanical, man. Like those lyrics are in no way subversive or offensive by today's standards anyway. Yeah. Like, I mean, shit, they'll play that song at a fucking Grammy Award yeah. <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> anyway, uh, at this point, Mayor Farnsworth, who has the same hair as Donald Trump, he does, uh, yeah. takes the podium and tries talking some sense to this mob. And he's basically like, remember what our folks said about Elvis and the Beatles and anal cunt? Remember what their yeah. folks said about those kids? <laughs> it was weird to me that the uh, the mayor was the one sticking up for the kids the whole time, like to the bitter end. It was, it was a weird switch. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a sign that he was a terrible mayor because he does not trust his instincts and he makes awful decisions <laughs> later on. And he was cool. Kevin Swafford was the actor's name. He was in Baywatch Dynasty and Max Headroom. So nice. 
but that hair was just like cotton candy. It was straw. It's all those years of being under those lights and all that product just ruins your gorgeous locks. Yeah, it's fried up. And then after that, uh, Johnny and Julie engage in tomfoolery around town. Uh, and by tomfoolery, I mean he parkours and she chases him around while he attempts to woo her by basically saying, like, why do you want that old professor? You should go out with me. He's right. Oh, I almost thought he was going to bust into a dance number because he was, like, swinging around the poles, like the singing in the rain type what? thing. Yeah. Didn't I they do that in Zombie Nightmare, too? Didn't they? Didn't we talk about a singing hey, in the rain type scene in Zombie Nightmare? Possible, dude. I don't think yeah. that Johnny knows what paint the town red really means, though. I think he took that way too literally. Because I think, isn't that what, what they end up He saying? says, uh, we're going to paint the town red, and I was hoping with blood, but it wasn't. It was just outright degeneracy. It, he was going to paint something red. He he got he went as far as I know and bought a count of paint, which isn't very gangster, and was going to like actually paint the town. I'm pretty sure paint the town red means like reckless debauchery, not like I'm going to put some red paint in a parking lot. Uh, you say he bought it, but I noticed there was an awful lot of paint on the side of that can when he opened it up <laughs> already. So did he buy like a like a half open can of paint from the which whatever it was? I'm pretty sure that's not the meaning of that saying. Is all I'm telling you. Um, why was Professor Morehouse um, able to hear a paint can opening at 500 yards? Well, he was staring in the window at some uh, Hot Wheels cars for some reason at like midnight. <laughs> what he was doing? Window shopping for. Uh, uh, for maybe some of his kids later on. He was looking at model cars in a window. At it, the, the town, whole town is closed. There's no one on the street, and he's staring at it longingly at like a red Camaro <laughs> car. It's weird. And then Johnny opens up the paint can, and he like turns his head because he hears something opening. Yeah, the pop of the paint. <laughs> the pop of the paint can, and he goes and thwarts that crime spree. And it, we also get... Um, our first glimpse of Damien and Mill Bazin as his demon form, because I guess he comes out of like some alleyway with like flashing lights and smoke coming out and stuff. Kind of looks like me leaving a Chipotle bathroom. Ah, a, a lot of fog and steam coming out that day. <laughs> That's both terrifying. Yeah. It's so terrifying. It's his visual. Yeah, I mean, basically like he thwarts the crime and you know, now that he's, um, what crime? Stop this. <laughs> what crime? Well, this, this attempt at vandalism and graffitis and tagging. It was a he can of paint. Sad. There's no, you can't do much with a can of paint. There, he didn't you even have a brush. It. You can slosh it on stuff. He was in a parking lot. Was he going to put red paint in a parking lot? In the asphalt? <laughs> well, whatever, dude. Uh, crisis averted. And uh, that's if you notice, they, they kind of clumped in the first crime or the first bit of uh, teenage delinquency with Damien being around. So they tied those two together pretty well, right? And then the can of paint catches on fire? Yeah, because the devil's around. Anytime the devil's around, that's when shit catches on fire. But doesn't he try to kill him with fire later? Maybe. Right. Are you saying they have a wraparound here? Yeah. That's that just the fire's the MacGuffin? What I'm asking is, do you really fight the dizzyans of hell with fire? Denizens? Den Dizzyans? Denizens? Yeah. <laughs> The denizens of the devil, yeah, with fire. Like, I don't know how that works. I, you know, later on when he does his studies, we'll we'll get into that. Okay. Maybe see where he got his info. But uh, we go back to class the next day, and they discuss Emerson. And uh, basically, Morehouse lets Johnny know that uh, he's on to him because he hands him his knife that he used to open the paint can. And um, just think about that. He gave a kid a knife in a class filled with kids. He gave a juvenile Ooh. delinquent he thought 
was committing point. a crime a weapon in class in school? Uh, in the 80s, I think that would have been okay. I, me and my buddies used to have butterflies in school and shit. I think it would have been probably now no friggin' way but then probably not no as way. huge a deal yeah 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 so uh, at this point they're leaving class julie confronts johnny in the hallway and wants to talk about last night and basically you know morehouse told me he knows we did it and uh that's when we get the guy in the yellow shirt mimicking the blowjob <laughs> he did what she's like we're gonna get arrested he knows for what opening a can <laughs> i, I- Grand Mopery with intent to gawk. That's what. That's that's the crime. His crime was that dance move. He didn't have any other crimes as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but that dude with that um, that that yellow t-shirt. You remember that? The, guy? Uh, J- uh, Tony, I think. Yeah. Is that Tony? I think it was. I don't think so, dude. Yeah. I don't it, think that was Tony. I'm does it matter? It stock stock. Uh, <laughs> Stock 30-year-old actor. It was like we were watching Porky's because, like, Julie walks past this dude, and he leans over, and he's like, have a good one, Julie, and he does, like, a blowjob. Yeah, because because when she comes out, she's like, "Uh, Johnny, Johnny, uh, he he knows about what we did last night. So that dude's like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's crazy is that guy's IMDB profile is that picture of him mimicking the blowjob. Is it Tony? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to look. That's you great. said you didn't care, so I stopped. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, let's see here. Let's pretty see sure here. Pretty sure it's Tony, though. You think so? Yeah. Let's see here. Because he was the greasy yeah, Italian. He was the greasy Italian guy. Yeah. But for some reason, like, after he's wearing the yellow shirt, he's he only wears black leather. Is that because of the influence of black roses? Yeah, they, all the kids, because the girls started teasing their hair, and the boys started like, yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 I wish I'd caught on to that. So, yeah, Tony, that's his IMDb photo. Tony Lua is his name. So, uh, and Julie is played by Karen Plandon, and this is her only acting role. I like her. And her IMDb, her IMDb specifically talks about uh, this movie and how it's become such a cult classic. I, I liked her in it. I thought Julie was cool. Actually, I liked I all guess. of them. I liked all of them in it. This movie, I got exactly what I expected out of it, so I, I don't fault any. Yeah. It has a little, little bit to be desired when you watch it by yourself. Like, this is a movie you want to watch uh, with friends. At a party, yeah, buddy. And then, uh, so the kids finally go pile in for the first concert. The Black Roses concert is about to begin. Uh, Morehouse and the mayor decide to see what all the fuss is about, too. And all the whole ladies, um, all the ladies from the you know, from the PTA meeting or whatever, they're all there. Everybody, show, yep, the Tipper Gore lady. Um, but I noticed that there's a completely different backup band. So maybe that's what failed is the band that Damien initially had sucked. So he had to hire a whole new band because new, uh, everybody's different in this band. New army of demons. Uh, yep. Drummer. Uh, there's a guy in there. The drummer's name is Vinnie Apache, which I guess is a, a riff on his brother's name. Cause the drummer's played by Carmen Apache yeah. and his brother is Vinnie Apache. Right. And so Carmen was the ex drummer of vanilla fudge, which is the worst type of fudge. By the way. <laughs> it totally is. Vanilla fudge? Who the, like you got chocolate or vanilla fudge? What are you gonna order? Give me the anyway, most. Give me the most bitterest fudge you can. You you got. You got shitty fudge. I'll take a pound. Yeah. Anyway, uh, his brother Vinny. He's literally the drummer for Dio and Black Sabbath. So. Yeah. Talk about somebody riding somebody's coattails. Yeah. That's this guy. And then uh, the Roses perform a rather tame ballad. Um, dress dress really nice by the way. Yeah, dress yeah, all really white. Nice. Yeah, yeah, right. And I, I'm pretty sure everybody in the band were playing their instruments, too. I kind of looked for that. I, cu- I couldn't tell, but I was watching. Yeah, it looked like they were playing their own instruments. And uh, um, 
Carmen Apici is having too easy of a time because he's doing an awful, he's excessive stick twirling for sure. There's nothing else to, because he's not, nothing to play. He's, so he's just a lot so of, bold yeah. And this, this uh, ballad that he starts just twirling, like literally aiming it at the camera, twirling the sticks right at the camera. Yeah. It looks like he's in a marching band pretty much back there. But they're playing and, uh, a, a, like a really, a really um, tame, uh, not even a rock song, right? Just kind of a, Ballad, like yeah, a love just song, just a regular old song, um, yeah. which just wasn't what the crowd was expecting. But the kids, for some reason, are still enjoying they it. They love it, odd. and the uh, the adults have decided that this eh. concert is hella lame, and they bounce out. Yeah, yeah. So all the bad, all the people that were um, originally against the band leave, which they leave all the kids with the band. So now you can get the big reveal. Now the show really starts, buddy, and Damien looks absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> It's all right, though. Satan is real, and he wants your soul and your Aquanet supply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need your soul and all of the Aquanet in town. Can you wash? Can you wash a leather <laughs> leotard? Like, how do you clean that? Do you dry clean that? Do you like, spray it? Like, spray it down. <laughs> Just imagine the buildup, like all the the crusty buildup on the back of his his uh, <laughs> collar from all that product. Anyway, uh, the next day after all this debauchery, uh, Morehouse is having a having trouble reaching the kids. You know, they right. don't want to learn no more. They yeah. seem a bit off, especially Tony now, who's uh, uh, hung over from all that Satanist. <laughs> Tall glasses, Satan. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, notice the teacher more, always calls on uh, Johnny first, like Johnny. What do you think about you know Edgar Allan Poe? And then it, it, when, as soon as Johnny can't answer, he calls Julie. Those are, like the only two kids in the whole class. And all of it, all of their arguments are ridiculously stupid. Yeah. And all boil down to, we just want to have fun, man. Yeah, just want to party. And the city don't want to let us party, man. Yeah, I should have that cut. I should have that party cut. What was that in uh, Return, Return of the Living Dead? LA. Oh, that's a good one, too. I guess they're both pretty good. <laughs> so anyway, um, so basically, I think at that point, Moorhead or Morehouse talks with like the principal and it's like, Hey, I'm really concerned about this. The kids don't seem right. And he's like, well, why don't you just go over and talk to uh old da- Fabian from burnt rose? <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess that seems simple enough. And then we cut to Tony um, roughhouse and some guys, bejiblets. Uh, did you catch uh, Sean Levy in that scene? No. Yeah, he's one of the dudes in the truck that's handing out the albums, and uh, he's in the background yelling like "fight, fight, fight" when uh, when Tony and the guys start fighting. That's all anybody does in this movie. So, uh, typical teenagers, uh, somebody is driving around just handing out albums of Black Roses, Black Roses albums, and Tony doesn't get the last one, so he decides to beat this dude up. So he punches him in the face and he picks him up over his head, but his right hand is on his crotch, and he just keeps bouncing him up and down. <laughs> It was, over his head. That was a pretty good lift, his... though. That was a hell of a lift. Yeah, yeah that was, and no wires there needed. Yeah. Tony could do all his own stunts, which he does another one even better later. Um, but yeah, he just smushes his balls and then slams them on the ground. I just couldn't stop watching Sean Levy in the background doing like the like something about Mary, like fight, 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 fight. Yeah. <laughs> Did he have the same haircut from? Zombie exactly, that's how I knew it was exactly the same. Yeah. Oh shit! I wish I'd caught that. Yeah. I would like to say I'll watch it again to see if I see it, but maybe I won't. Maybe skip around a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just go to go to that uh, that section. Yeah, what do they call it? Scene. Chapter. Yeah. That chapter in the DVD. Yeah. Um, and then it's weird because he does go meet with Damien. Morehouse does go meet with Damien. They have a little conversation. Uh, they sip a glass of lukewarm moo juice. 
both guys, you know, they're in a concert hall, right? The band is like in the background. They're like gaffers setting Damien's up lights. Is out of costume, so Damien's he looks out like of costume. Um, he looks like, like a uh, woman. We'll looks say like a, chick. a sober Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> He's like a chick, and and uh, <laughs> and they're both the teacher Morehouse and the singer Damien are both in their hand holding a, a half drinking glass of milk while they're talking the whole time. I could not, un- I did not understand what was going on there. It's it's front and center too. It's like it's it's very clear what they're doing. I don't get it. That's uh, you know, that's all rock business, man. You know what's the weirdest about that scene? So he's talking to he he's talking to Damien about like why'd you pick Mill Basin and um you know they're having a little back and forth and Damien's pretty much just assuring him like look man we're just a band we're trying to we're you know, trying to get on uh, our feet off the ground and we're gonna practice in here because it's a small town and blah 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 and at the end of the whole speech he tells. Uh, Morehouse, hey man, uh, if you ever want to get into rock and roll, you'd be great. I'll set you up with my agent. But how the fuck did he would he know if that guy is good at rock and roll or not? Well, that's just industry lingo for um, he's trying to grease the skids so that Morehouse quits looking at him because Morehouse is getting too close. So maybe if he um, like tries to appeal to his vein side, maybe he'll think Morehouse will just leave him alone so he can become famous or something. When you look at Morehouse, do you think rock and roll? No, I think, uh, you know, maybe John Denver Country, maybe. <laughs> exactly. It was such a weird conversation that, like, the milk, it was throwing me way off, and the whole rock and roll vibe thing was throwing me way off. That was a real odd Maybe they scene. were going for, like, the Maloco milk thing or something from... I don't know. Maybe they were uh, uncomfortable acting, like, man, if you put something in your hand, it's a little easier to have the conversation. Actually, I thought that the Damien guy was a pretty good actor during the scene. Like, the way he was talking was real casual. It wasn't the overacting he did on stage. Did he have a Southern accent? Oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. No. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, nothing gets solved at all. No. All the old heads don't understand us, and we actually have a positive message for them youth. So. Yeah. And Morehouse is like, well, good enough for me. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, he wiped his milk but- mustache off on his sleeve and they walked out. <laughs> But he does. He does think that like maybe Damien knows a little bit too much about him because he's he does mention something about like uh, Morehouse dating the mayor's daughter or something. Right, right. And he's like, how do you know about that? Yeah. He's like, I'm the. De- I mean, uh, I mean, in case in case you in case you think I was joking about Whitesville High, the mayor's daughter's name was Priscilla Farnsworth. So, indubitably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of gray poupons. Yeah, a lot of avocado. A lot of avocado toast at that joint. <laughs> so after all that nonsense, uh, Tony is getting his pre-show swell on. He's working out in his bedroom, <laughs> and his pop comes in to tune, tune him up. And it's basically uh, Big Pussy from The Sopranos, Vinny Pastore, in his like acting debut. Do you remember on the last show? I thought that Fasano was a young Big Pussy. I said that. Yeah, yeah. And then this yeah. time when he came in, I was like, "Oh shit, they got Fasano again!" But he had too much hair, and I was like, "Is he wearing a wig?" It, this time it was Big Pussy. I couldn't believe it. it. They, got, they got him. But what's crazy is uh, I, I said his acting debut because this is his first movie. Is it really acting when you just play who you are every day? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, he, he, he was so stereotypical. He was like, hey, Gabagoo, man. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is that in your ear? Yeah. An earring only... Uh, uh, only boy George and faggots wear rings in the ear, and you ain't no boy George. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's like pirates, and there ain't no ship in the driveway. Hey, rigatoni. Hey, hey, pasta fazool. <laughs> I actually had that happen to me, man. My, I got my first earring, and I went to sleep, and my stepdad woke me up at midnight, came in, and was like, get that out of your ear right now. <laughs> 
So I kind of get how that happened. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's Vinny Pistori. And uh, he gets swallowed up by a possessed record player. Serwin Vega, speaker. Is that what that's it? That's where you that's got, where it, I got from. it from. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, basically he turns that shitty music off the black roses albums on the turnstile and, uh, it starts playing again on its own, but now it's become like this bubbling boiling. That's cool. Yeah. Of a record, but it's the mentors. Um, what was the album straight up the ax or something like that from the mentors. That's the <laughs> song Death you sent record. me. I think. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it was a mentor's album, but it's playing the Black Roses music and the album starts coming alive and the speaker, uh, some little hand puppet demon comes out of the speaker, a- attacks Big Pussy. Um, I couldn't imagine having to act opposite a puppet. Oh, he so was he was Ed Wood the hell out of that thing. He was shaking it all around and wrestling with it. <laughs> His tongue hanging out while he's screaming and shit. It had a real uh, like, and- uh, you know what it had? It reminded me of Attack of the Killer Shrews. It had a shrew vibe. Oh yeah, 100%. Yep. Yes. Uh, it did munch Vinny's face, and then it pulled him into the speaker, and uh, bonus points for the belch at the end from the speaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It did, did a cool thing with the shadow, like because they couldn't show a lot of it, so they had a really cool like backlit thing with the shadow. I I, I approved. I like that little corny scene, dude. Yeah, yeah I it approved. Was fun. Yeah. That was actually a lot of fun. Um, and then so now that Tony's dad's dead, Morehouse gets home and throws a few back while jamming out to some Mozart. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a stereotypical too, weird thing to do for the teacher. But, and I noticed too, he gets home and he takes off one shirt and he puts on a, yeah. like a lounging around yeah. shirt. Yeah. But it would look more uncomfortable. He took off one sweater and put on a, a more uncomfortable sweater. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like you should have just left the other one on. It's far more, you know, yeah. apropos to lounge around in than that thing. Yeah, you know, Mr. Rogers, man, you don't need to change sweaters when you get home. But this isn't the only quick change in the entire movie either. There's no. a lot of people just changing clothes just to have something. You know what I saw on the uh, during like when he's sitting there listening to Mozart and reflecting upon life. There he looks up to a black and white photo of J- uh, Julie. It's from his jo- school. Like, is this the only class he's ever had in history? Like, is this a perpetual teacher that he's had? <laughs> he says he's been teaching for twelve years. You know, Why would you have a question. black and white? Everybody decides to question him about his life choices. Like, what? You're such a loser. Like, how do you even explain just sitting around teaching kids English all the time hey, if, about poems and stuff? If what they're a not, fucking loser. If they're not asking him about his relationship with Julie, they're asking him about why he's still a teacher. It's the only two Why things. he's not banging out Priscilla and why he keeps teaching these stupid uh, fucking kids. Why would you have a black and white of three of your students in your in your listening room? And why are you sitting around drinking... You know, drinking some natural lights, listening to Mozart, <laughs> gazing longingly at that photo. Uh, why is it black and white? <laughs> <sighs> okay. So anyway, the next Black Roses concert has taken on a slightly more sinister tone. Yeah, they're chanting right now. They're doing the whole Damien chant. Yeah, and everybody's going insane for yeah. metal. Yeah. Uh, but still not crazy enough or insane enough to get out of their fucking seats. Nope. Is this what a concert in Utah looks like, Aaron? Just let me know. <laughs> and they're even raising their hands up and cheering, but seated. <laughs> None of them. They're all so lazy. It's like a. It's like an entire audience of quadriplegics. It's like Christopher uh, Reeves and Stephen Hawking memorial concert. Like nobody's going to get out of their chair. You can't rock sitting down. It's just a fact. <laughs> it's just how it is. Although, having said that, that is my dream concert because the last. 10 concerts I've purchased tickets to sit down for. I've had to stand the entire show because as soon as the band plays the first note, everybody stands up and literally I'm trying to talk sense into the people around me. Why don't we buy seats? <laughs> and I'm like trying to get, everybody should sit down now. 
Okay, <laughs> three songs in. We can all sit down now. You're old. My You're old, dude. Fucking, my back is just fucking dying. <laughs> like, please, for the love of God, I got fucking gout. My feet hurt. Please. I, I forgot my Dr. Scholl's inserts. Please. <laughs> I shouldn't have worn Converse. I knew it. <laughs> I, these Chuck Taylors were a terrible decision. You're paying for the opportunity to sit, not to sit, man. You're paying to have the option to sit. I, I remember at one point, like, I went to, a, I think it was System of a Down, uh, I remember distinctly that there was a couple. So I bought the tickets for this one. So my friends are like, okay, you can pick whatever seat you want because the last three concerts I had had a terrible time. They had purchased the tickets. So I got whatever seat they didn't want. So this one, I bought the tickets. So I got to pick the seat. So I picked right at the end away from everybody. It looked like there was a spot in between me and the couple next to me, empty seat. So the guy about 10 minutes before the show starts, he got, has his head in his hands and he's saying to his wife, I ate way too many mushrooms. I can't do this. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> oh my god, Uh-oh. no, dude. Well, his wife was so fucking drunk that she was doing the helicopter spin with her hair, and I had to push her because her hair touched the inside of my mouth as it was <laughs> flopping by, and it went in my mouth. So I literally pushed her. I was like, "Hey, would you fucking stop?" Uh, and so finally, it was just becoming so overwhelming. I was just get, having so much anxiety with all that was happening around me. I stood up in the back, and because everybody was standing, obviously, and uh, the fucking security guy's like, "You're gonna have to go back to your seat." And I was like, "Tell you what, dude, I agree with you. I should go back to my seat. I will go back and sit in my chair if you make every motherfucker in front of me sit down as well. Because if you have me go back to my chair, I have to stand. My back's killing me. My feet are killing me. This lady's putting her hair in my fucking mouth next to me. <laughs> People are spilling beer on me from the back. Like, if you make everybody sit the fuck down, I will go sit in my chair. He's like, never mind. You can just sit back here. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. he, he doesn't care. His minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man. Well, let me write down right here. Doc, not fun to go to concert with. Check. All right. Gotcha. So now we know. I'm actually really fun. If it's, like Danzig, I got to sit down at Danzig, and I had a I had a hoot. That's <laughs> uh, great. Old, <laughs> old. Uh, one of my bestest friends in the whole world, Paul. He works for Turnpike Troubadours, and he got me tickets to go to Vegas, uh, to go to the show in Vegas when they came out here. And I did not realize how popular that band was. <laughs> Extremely popular, and it was standing room only. And I like I remember like I left. And uh, he sent me a picture of the set list. Like, I got you the set list. Like, dude, I'm already halfway. Oh, thanks for the the show. (laughs) See, man, you wanted to do a music episode, and and we're actually doing it. It actually happened on Black Roses. We did it. I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. I had to leave. It was just too much. I'm already halfway home. He's like, oh, okay. Goddamn Chuck Taylors. I knew it. My wife said not to wear Crocs to the show because I'd look like an asshole. Now look at me. (laughs) Now who's suffering for it? Thanks. Thank you. Dude, I I started buying like walking shoes to go to like amusement parks and shit. You got new New balance? You got the new balance on? (laughs) Sweet. With my jorts. You got those white those white new balance when you mow the lawn, it's all green on the sides and shit. Those are battle scars. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, Basically, the band's rocking out with their jock straps out, and uh, people are getting zapped in the crowd with devil energy and turning into cartoon zombies. I don't know what's going on there, but I did enjoy that quite a bit. That's that was fun. <laughs> they look like the cramps. They like literally satanic energy would go out into the crowd, and they would zap their face, so you'd have like a zap, and then you would have like somebody. It was like uh, Elmer Fudd after he got shot in the face. But- <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it was like the dime, the most dime store skeleton 
thing you could possibly find. <laughs> Blowed out like, you know, frosted tips and fucking big fucking bangs. Oh, shit. That was so great, though. But nobody batted an eye. Oh, oh I dropped all <laughs> like my Like, everybody info. just kept rocking out. Hold on. I dropped all my shit because I was laughing. Hold on. Ah, damn it. Fucking notes everywhere. <laughs> you just made the old man. <sighs> I know you got that on sound. Party. <laughs> Let's talk <laughs> at the concert. I just want to party. See, I just want to sit. <laughs> I'm the guy with the back noise from Madman Mars. <laughs> I know I got that somewhere too. No, whatever. Never mind. Oh, I could use the um, new soundboard to pull it up. Anyway, um, <laughs> more hounds. Doc, That's me at a concert. Doc trying to get out of his seat <laughs> to stand up to cheer. Hold on a second. Here we go. Uh, hey, anybody want a $32 beer? Oh. Sure, I'll take one. All right, let me get up and go get uh, it. Hold on. I lost it. <laughs> Timing is great. There it is. <laughs> That's, me. That's me angrily sitting up to go buy my friend's $32 beer at T-Mobile oh. Arena. Oh. Anyway. Uh, Morehouse has passed out from all those natty lights and he gets woken up to the sound of glass breaking because some hooligan has broken out his car window and left him a flyer for the show. Yeah, the kids in town are all turning, turning, uh, well, shit, now they are painting the town red. Now they are into reckless debauchery. Bunch of delinquents. Yeah. Bunch of damn delinquents hooked on the marijuanas and stuff. Yep. So uh, he's had enough of this tomfoolery. He's going to go talk about it with the mayor. Um, and as he's driving there, it looks like the town's turned into New Detroit because crime is just happening everywhere. Yeah, it's like the alley from uh, uh, Invasion USA all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like RoboCop walking yeah. around and in our RoboCop remake. Like, what the fuck? Like, there's just crime everywhere. And now uh, the whole town, <laughs> for some reason, up. is like blue. Like, all the lights have turned blue in the town. I didn't get that either. Well, <clears throat> you know, it's darkness. The darkness taking over the town. I wonder if Sean Levy's going around trying to rape people in bags of trash. And stuff. You know what? Hey, looking back, without him in uh, Zombie Nightmare, they really don't have enough. They really don't have much in Zombie Nightmare. No, it's just a zombie dream, yep. not a nightmare. Yep. So, um, Priscilla is the pettiest bitch I think you're ever going to meet. <laughs> Why do you waste your life on these kids? <laughs> She's so like, mad about kids. <laughs> She, he shows up and he wants to talk to her dad. I guess they have a little bit of a dating history. Yeah. And uh, she's immediately just browbeating him for trying to be a good teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he fucking leaves without ever talking to the mayor. He doesn't even know if he's there or not because she's just, she is such a bitch. She's just like, I'd rather the whole town die than have to speak yeah. to her for another second. No, nah, he, like, she did. She said he wasn't there. And then you find out he, he was. She kept it from him. But um, why does he go straight to the thing. mayor with everything? Like, well, what's going on there? Time goes to the mayor. Okay. Morehouse goes with the mayor. Okay. He's the, he's the guy making all the decisions, man. He's, he can shut that thing. I, it was probably the mayor with those two cops at the beginning of the movie. There's only one person who has the power to stop Black Roses. The mayor? With legal, with legal uh, jurisprudence. Okay. <laughs> the mayor. Okay. All right, cool. So uh, at this point, Johnny gets home late, and he's uh, apparently lost the ability to stop rocking out because as he comes in the house, he's still air guitar yeah, yeah, while yeah. his dad's reading <laughs> the newspaper. He had an energy because all he had to sit the whole concert. He had all that that sitting energy <laughs> stored up. up. Yeah. That's exactly how I would be yeah. after a fucking dancing show if they would just let me sit through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he finally decides to hit the hay, but not before he gets mounted by some voluptuous lady. Yeah, they don't really show her face, um, you know, but you know, the rest of her was was just fine. Yeah. I wonder if 
like she shoves her lipstick in her boobs and stuff like Linnea mm-hmm. Quigley. But they, they don't show who she is, I guess, on purpose because when he gets up from the bed after the coitus, she's gone, right? Like she is disappeared. So it's like every teenager's dream woman. Yeah, pretty much. Like, did it really happen? I don't know. Was it Julie? Who was it? Who knows? I mean, you figured you'd want to know, especially, you know, for reasons of consent and STDs and sexual history and probably want to know who that person you just fucked in your bed was i didn't see him shower after the concert it was crowded in there oh dude could you imagine the stench he's smoking in bed not probably not great like who does that yeah anyway um and then we get a scene of a little d'angelo or whatever his name is playing in front of the fireplace for some reason he destroyed about 500 dollars worth of dc comic figures yeah I, i don't know why that kid turned evil was he at the show i didn't see him it's because evil's in the air. I got right? you. And that was uh, Fasano's stepkid we talked about earlier. Right. Um, and then uh, whatever that guy's name is, who is it Julie's dad? He puts, uh, puts a little kid away just as the, the two girls get home from the show. Um, and what else to That's, do after watching was, a rock show but play a game of strip gin? It, it was Janie's dad, which mixed me up too. It was not Julie. Um, okay. that's, so that's Janie and Tina. So the two non-main chicks in the movie. Um, okay. But okay. yeah, so Janie, they start, they play a little gin, and then, wow, what a friggin' uncomfortable scene that was, that strip gin scene. Well, <laughs> before they even get to strip gin, they're playing normal gin, right? And then it cuts to um, Tony running over trash cans and then running over his mom real quick. Yeah, lackluster, right? yep. Because yeah, totally the, mom, the mom uh, was always the one just constantly harping on him about, I told you not to go out tonight, I told you to get up early, I told you to eat your breakfast, so he he's had enough of that mouth. He's going to rebel against authority, rebel against authority and run over his mom. And he basically knocks her like 50 feet through the air, like a cartoon. Yeah. Whoop. And then it goes back to the gym game. That's gotten really uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. uh, Tina, you're right. Tina wants to play strip gym. Right now, Janie, the the, the daughter, Janie has left the room at this point. She says she's going to bed. She's gone to bed. Right. So for some reason, Tina can't go home. So she asks the dad if, if he wants to, and his voice was hilarious. Dude, I almost, I should have taken a cut because anything, have you ever played ch- strip gin? Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> he did this like really high crackly pitch voice for every question. It was pretty good. But so they that start, scene sucked. she ups the ante. Yeah. And then they cut to Johnny, um, basically sh- uh, murdering his dad after having sex with some girl. Um, Right. Yep. Off-screen kill. Grabs a little stub, a little thirty-eight special. Yeah, I think there's special. some like spray on the newspaper yeah. or something like that. Right. His dad was cool. He um, wasn't really harping on him, so he just killed him for whatever. And then, um, then we cut back to a high school girl stripping in front of a grown man. Yep. And which I thought was really weird. And then the tits basically killed the old man by stopping his old demented heart. And they even had the heartbeat in the uh, score. They had a beating heart. Like, and it got faster as she like sat on his lap and, and then it stopped when he had his heart attack. And not the first pedophilic scene in the movie. No, there was a little, a little bit in the beginning, right? With Julie's dad slightly. Like the stepdad, and then it goes back to them later. We'll talk about that. Well, later. also, there's, also the teacher, I guess. So yeah, there's like three more scenes of this, which is just it was the most. I didn't realize how awkward it was when we were making fun of this shit. But like when you're yeah. watching it by yourself, you kind of like it, it was. A it was super awkward. Like, Wait a second, it's way. You know how I knew it was way. awkward is because when it came on when I was watching it solo, I turned around to make sure no one was looking. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, oh, <you're> like, <laughs> I don't. I don't oh, God. I, uh, that's weird. Um. 
And then back at school the next day, Mr. Morehouse gets literally a load of shit as soon as he opens up the class. Like, everybody's like, why do we have to learn about these stupid poets? Like, complete degenerates now at this point. Yeah. They don't want to learn about... We're living in a time of the best poet ever, Damien. Who cares about these old dead guys? Yes. We're not going to take it. We're we not going to take it. Poet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We want Damien. And so, of course... Uh, Mr. Morehouse has no idea what to do, so he calls the mayor. Yeah, so he drives to the mayor's um, house, doesn't he? I think he just leaves the classroom. <laughs> so he calls the mayor first. They talk about it on the phone, because remember, that's when the mayor's like, you got to go out with Priscilla again, man. Yeah. Uh, come meet me tomorrow. It'll be a date. Well, so anyway, but dude, how, did, how, did, how did how did, how did the te- Why is the teacher telling the mayor about all the deaths? How does the teacher know that everybody's dead? Because that's what he, he tells him. He tells him, right? Herb's dead. Tony's yeah. mom's a goner. It's chaos out in the streets. We got to stop this. Yeah, and, whole the, ma- and the mayor's like, man, it's it's a weird happenstance. I know it's a coincidence in a small town. But how is the teacher reporting deaths to the mayor? And how does the teacher even know about the kids? Parents? He's a lifeline to the community, man. He's got the, uh, you know, the tip of the spear to the nerve. He's of what these kids thumb, are dealing with. He's got man. his finger on the pulse of the city. Yes. Okay. Yes. Bullshit, but okay. Uh, so more has Morehouse decides he's going to the concert and ending this tonight. Uh, so then Janie goes to the principal's office talking about her dead dad. She seems really upset about it. And, uh, she shoves the principal right out the window. Like, told, I wrote, I wrote, uh, Mr. Rogers took a fall because <laughs> he looked just like Mr. Rogers. He did. And he landed in the back of the truck because the stunt guy jumped from like three feet down onto the yeah. bed of the truck. And that demon mask was so bad. It only got like a half a second of screen time. Yeah. It, got, it got exactly what it deserved of screen time. Yeah. <laughs> screen oh, dude, time. It was so <laughs> bad. Like she looks at the screen, like gets closer to it to kind of uh, pixelate it to make it less in focus and then it goes away yeah. it's that bad yeah. um, uh, just like every good 80s protagonist and Bella from the Twilight movies Morehouse has to study apparently everything at the library to try and crack the case yeah. so I don't know if you noticed what he was reading there but on the pile of books that Morehouse is pouring over while doing his research he has the evil eye he has the encyclopedia of witchcraft and magic he has a copy of The Shining, a D&D guidebook, a Doom playthrough guide, and the Bible. Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh, okay. But it kind of looked like that, though. <laughs> so he had all sorts of dumb shit. I would have believed you, but yeah, it was. A- <laughs> <laughs> He's reading through all these different guidebooks to figure out how to stop, you know, the devil, basically. Um, Did you catch the Friday the 13th uh, sound in the background? No. Cha-cha-cha-cha. Yeah, the background. While he's reading those books, you get a total Friday 13th rip. Well, which girl startles him? Was that Julie? Or Julie, Tony? yeah. Okay, so Julie startles him. Hey, there was no and- girl in the whole town other than Julie when it came to him, by the way. Like, no scene with any other chick was or talking was there. Well, so she's trying to bone him now. Uh, did she, Was she, Julie, did she also demon bone Johnny, too? I, I Like, at this point, I don't who know knows? who's yeah, boning who. Um, they do argue a little bit about Damien's music, and she leaves in a huff with Johnny. Yeah, Johnny so was now in the library Johnny's too, here. right? So we go to the most satanic show yet. Uh, basically, it's a Satanist extravaganza, a devilishly delightful diversion from mundane suburban life. Nice. Uh, this is the one that gets all the kids really uh, juiced up, but not juiced up enough to still get out of their seat. <laughs> Just yet. Almost, Just though. Yet. They were almost, almost there. Almost, almost there. Do you know those white um, contacts had to feel like straight glass in your eye? There's... Those are the '80s hard contacts he was wearing. They had to. Oh, they had to be terrible. Like they had to dry his eyes for those oh, close-ups numerous oh. times because I was I was suffering just looking at. I, I always think to people talking about those original hard contacts before the soft ones and how much they hurt in movies and stuff. Oh. 
like putting a sheet of w- a window pane of glass right in your oh, eyeball. Oh my god, man! Yeah, he's got those youngins in a trance though, kind of like uh, Gene Simmons did with the Kiss Army. Yeah, oh sure, <laughs> same thing. Sure. I I can see the appeal, man. Yeah, uh, sure. Let's make that blood sing. Whatever that means. I saw zero demonic anything in their music or their anything, but you know, the kids, they drank it up. What do you make of the scene where the lady, the faceless boobs massage themselves while gazing at Damien's photo? Oh, that's the, uh, that's supposed to be Julie. That's the, uh, extended director's cut of Julie's stunt boobs. Um, what I can tell you about that is, the the boobs looked about 20 years old and the hands looked about 80 years old. And I don't know how they made that happen. Well, I did say, I think she was flicking her bean just a little bit in that scene. Yep. And I also know that's probably your favorite scene from the movie. That's why you know so much about it. <laughs> I, I, do have a, I, I do have some trivia about that in a minute. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it. Why did I know that? I'll save why? it. Why? Why? It's supposed to be Julia. Um, um, and now one of the Vex teens. I don't know which one it is. Is Julie. seducing her stepdad? Same girl, Julie. Same girl. Uh, that is not Julie seducing her stepdad. One hundred percent, Julie. Yes. Well, why? I thought she was at the show. Nope. After the show, she went to the library with Johnny. Now she's back home for some reason. You could tell it's her because she's wearing the same. She puts on a pair of like lacy black gloves, and it's the same girl from the the previous booby scene. Now she's. Uh, Kind of seducing her stepdad, I guess, which was super no, uncomfortable. Fucking really He's uncomfortable. Like, Why don't you come over here and lay on the couch and watch some boob tube with yeah. me? And she smashes his head in with an ashtray, which sounds cool. It wasn't. I get, did you have to make ceramic ashtrays for your parents like I did? That's a weird thing, isn't it? It was, it was the thing back in the day. We anytime we did pottery, every kid made an ashtray. <laughs> so fucking weird, man. I should have just made fucking ceramic snakes. Those are way easier. <laughs> exactly. Just roll them out. Yeah, so yeah, Julie went from seducing the teacher in the library, which he didn't bite, to leaving with Johnny, to playing with her titties in the mirror, to killing her stepdad all in one scene. Yes, after seducing him. Yeah. And yeah. and, and and Morehouse is still in the, the only 24-hour help-yourself library in the world. <laughs> it's a school library. He's got the keys. Oh, so, sure, sure. So he wakes up in a pile of literature, and uh, uh, unfortunately, it's 10 o'clock, and he slept through the concert. And when he goes outside, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. Not hey, by the way, the, the first thing he says when he wakes up is, damn it, I missed the concert. Julie. <laughs> <laughs> he runs to Julie's house. <laughs> well, this one I got kind of confused about because he wakes up, he slept through the concert. He does rush to Julie's house. Just think about this, right? You've got a series of murders happening in town. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a teacher coming to a student's house for some reason just as the the mother answers the door to tell the teacher that her husband is dead (laughs) and julie's missing so let me get this straight teacher who's never (laughs) been to my house before my husband is dead my teenage daughter is missing you're her teacher and for some reason you're looking for her at my house that's what i put maybe julie's mom should have questioned why her teacher's showing up looking for her possibly maybe yeah (laughs) All very, very queer, sir. Very, very queer. queer. Yeah, very I queer. tell you. And the mom's like wringing her apron like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> There's no police. I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to survive with my deadbeat husband oh. who sat around drinking beer all day while I worked my ass off. My, my husband's dead in the living room. My daughter's missing. What was she doing? Baking a pie? She didn't go to for anybody to help? She's waiting for she someone to show up. She back from the diner, didn't she? I, uh, maybe. 
sure. She definitely yeah. wasn't rushing to the authorities. I'll tell you what she wasn't yeah. doing. Yeah. Didn't matter because mm-hmm. we cut to Priscilla, who's just uh, wrapping up around a pickleball or something. Yeah, another and, the uh, whitest sport you could think of, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, and then what's crazy is uh, when she gets done, she gets to her car. What does she do at the back of her car? She changes, changes her, her shirt. driving shirt. <laughs> She's a different sweater. <laughs> <laughs> she turns changes into her driving shirt before loading up into her car. Uh, the sweater budget and on this movie. Off- <laughs> Awful lot of wardrobe changes for on screen uh, in this movie. So you know what I like to anyway. do after a hot game of tennis? Change into a sweater. <laughs> to drive home <laughs> with the windows down. Driving sweater. Uh, uh, fun fact, though, she gets stabbed by Julie, who's uh, lying in wait in the back seat all along. Yeah, it's it, she it, like has zero surprise. Like she gets in her car, Julie pops up in the back seat, and she's like, "Oh, you're one of uh, Matthew's little." girlfriends aren't like she's she has no thing of like hey why why are you in my like zero fear of her which was a bad move because Ju- i did like the sawing on her neck though julie did saw on her neck with the with the knife i thought that looked pretty cool probably one of the better effects yes yeah i think julie had the blood packet in her hand i think i saw it like how she kind of popped it onto it. her yeah um but i did like the song back and forth did you do you know who that actor is uh julie uh no no uh priscilla uh, I don't. Hang on one second. I'll have an I'll tell you who it is. It's, it's okay. Carla Ferrigno, wife of Lou Ferrigno. Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah, she's uh she's done some like a bunch of play work and stuff. She's been in the in the entertainment industry for a while, just not as an actress. Well, she doesn't have to because her husband's Lou Ferrigno. That's right. The Hulk, for God's the sake. Hulk, yeah. Yep. Nobody's talking shit about her acting. Nope. Of course they could talk shit and he wouldn't hear it anyway. Oh God. Rough, dude. <laughs> God damn. Sorry. Um, so anyway. Yeah, I, like, uh, I like Lou Ferrigno much th- too much to accept that as a joke. I'm sorry. He's a great yeah. uh, guy. So anyway, is it even possible for her to hide in the back seat with those crispy bangs? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like a flamingo in your, lion's, uh, got a a lion's mane. in your back seat. A lion's mane in the back seat. I think there's somebody back there. <laughs> <laughs> there was no tent on that car either. So. <laughs> There's no way she wouldn't see her hiding. It's like a a, a uh, bale of hay. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Julie's on a tirade though, man. She went from uh, rubbing one out to killing her dad to seducing the teacher to killing Priscilla. Yeah, she's on. She's on a tear. She's on. A, she's a one horny killer. And I thought she was supposed Could to be like been the, the tagline <laughs> for this movie. It's one horny killer. One. That's one horny killer. <laughs> and and she was kind of set up to be like the good girl, maybe I thought anyway, but. Apparently like not. I said, I considered her the moral one at the beginning because she was so intelligent and she was always spending time with the teacher after class. And I thought it was for uh, extracurricular, you know, activities. But mm. then I realized it was for extracurricular. Activities. <laughs> it's the wrong sort. Yeah. The wrong of the wrong sort. Yeah. Um, and then I love this one, too, dude. So um, Morehouse now discovers that Priscilla's missing. He's losing his stable real quick. He's got Julie and Priscilla, the only two holes he's plugging. And they're both gone. <laughs> so he's like. Damn. He's like, oh boy, I gotta find these. You people. know what I need to do? I need to go to the mayor. <laughs> so he he drives over to somebody's house and enters without knocking at somebody else's house. Whose house was that? I, I think it was supposed to be his. I think because he answers the phone too, right? And and he answers the phone like this, Julie. <laughs> so uh, that phone conversation was great, right? It was good. Again, there was an awful lot of driving between between locations in this movie, but anyway, he. 
goes into a house, which the way he entered, it didn't make me it seem didn't seem like it was his. his house because he was like hesitant to enter. Yeah. Maybe he was hesitant because he thought maybe Julie was there. I don't know. He enters the house, the phone rings, he answers it, Julie, right? <laughs> but it was the mayor who's calling Morehouse to let him know the news of Priscilla's death. Why is the mayor right? calling the teacher about everyone's death? Why? <laughs> well, why not the authorities where was the academy on that performance man <laughs> that's true because that dude it, it's like they filmed the mayor he's sitting in a chair and he's got all the dialogue so you're not hearing what morehouse is saying back and he's like yeah that's right yeah she's dead she dead burned up she, she burned dead. up in a car fire burned <sighs> alive in her car yep that's yep. what happened all right it was the dangest yep Dead. She gone. In her car. All gone. Burned up. <laughs> also, and it's like, dude. Also, why did you answer the phone, Julie? That's a good Julie. question. <laughs> okay. And if I'm the mayor of the town and you're a teacher that has a history of maybe being like a Sandusky, um, and you answer the phone and you say, Julie, the name of a student that you're teaching, that would immediately make me suspect that Julie's missing and you're asking about her. Like, uh, yeah. Like, good luck. Good luck with your plan, Mr. Morehouse, because there's some questionable decisions he makes later that, uh, like, I can't imagine what the trial looked like in court later. You know what that mayor was missing? A big sash that said mayor. That would have made that scene for me, I think. <laughs> like Mayor Quimby? Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. see? Yeah. Or maybe We're a little... let this concert happen anyway. A little top hat, like in the Powerpuff Girls, like a little mayor's top hat would have been perfect. <laughs> so you know it's official? It's yeah. official time? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Look, I'll take the job seriously. Look at my costume, for yeah. God's sakes. You can tell he's the mayor by his sash. <laughs> so uh, maybe you're right. Maybe this is Mr. Morehouse's uh, house because Julie shows up, and she has a present for House Moore. Well, first of all, Julie Julie's turned into Sandy from the end of Grease. Now she's got like a black leather outfit yeah. on her, her hair's teased to the nines, like all the way up. Yes, yes. I do have the present and, uh, cut for you, dude, because not so much for what's it said, but for the um, – you listen and tell me, Helen. Uh, spoiler alert, real fast. Uh, 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 can okay. I pause this? Let me see. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Me first? You go ahead. Surely. Matthew. I've brought you a present. What kind of present, Julie? Herbergina. Myself. Brink! <laughs> 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 and it cuts to his reaction and it's like <laughs> why that sound at the end was killing me dude <laughs> the gift that julie has for mr morehouse is her underage vagina <laughs> let me see if i can do just the end that's the gift let me try to get just the end so to really hit it home myself <laughs> All right, then we cut to Urkel. He's shocked. Yeah, right. He has no idea what just happened. He's got his hands on both sides of his face like the dude from Home Alone. <laughs> oh, that's good. He can barely contain himself as she strips in front of him, dude. Now, like, and, and here you go. Now, let me tell you why I know for sure that that was not her boobies. Because in this scene, it's definitely her because it's a full body shot with face included. And the stunt boobies had a small mole on the right breast. Uh, it was un. It was not. It was not. Definitely not there on these boobies. Therefore, I have concluded the first boobies were not actually Julie. That's, the work has been done for you. 
<laughs> they were stunt. They were stand-in boobs. I, I, she probably wasn't comfortable with rubbing her nipples for fifty-five seconds on screen, so she was like, "No, nah, I ain't gonna do that." But she gets a little too close for comfort because he bitch slaps her right he on to, the dick. He had, he had to give her a little chin music. <laughs> her mouth uh, swells immediately with demon teeth. I got a cut for her here. Here. You found me beautiful once, honey. You got real ugly. That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> She basically turns into like she got these gigantic teeth, like that character from Star Wars that guards the, the Sorlac uh, or whatever. Sorlac pit looks, yeah, looks like that guy, the big like uh, rhino looking dudes from Star Wars. That's her teeth. Maybe she's they're got called the uh, T Rex arms and like veiny boobs. I think they're called the Gamorrean guard. That's how big of a nerd I am, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she changed that creature, is magnificent. Holy <laughs> shit. Well, first of all, demon teeth always rule. Even bad demon teeth rule. We got to agree on that, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. It, Even the, bad teeth rule. She almost turned into Henrietta from Evil Dead, too. So it, was, <laughs> it so, did look like that. She almost got there. It has to be a hate crime to hit that gorgeously fanged, horrifically hoodered demon with a tennis racket, dude. He's, you know, the special effects guys tell him, like, not so no, hard. Do not hit that hit. Do not hit that too hard. And do not by any means show its legs. It's going to look like Kermit. <laughs> It don't look right when we show Kermit's legs. It ain't going to look right if we show the Stevens' legs. <laughs> <laughs> like, at one point when he was on the floor and it was attacking him in the kitchen, you could see yeah. the puppeteer sticks. Like uh, pushing like the trolley the forward. Pushing the arms. <laughs> pushing the arms forward. Oh, it was spectacular. <laughs> that latex beauty belongs in the Smithsonian. Oh. I want to see that thing, what it looks like today, because it was so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at one point he shoved a tennis ball in its mouth. That's how that's how <laughs> exciting this fighting is. <laughs> oh my god. That's like thirty five seconds of the fight, him putting like you would do like playing with your dog and then the thing like vomiting it oh the, the tennis ball out. It was it was spectacular. Uh, and he pokes her anyways with the leg of a chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. That's the kind of monsters I want to witness in my movies, man. Those are the ones I That's want to the, see. That is the one, man. Oh, it was like it looked like it looked like the suckling. Have you heard of that movie? <laughs> yeah, your house. Yeah, it probably was. It probably was the suckling because it looks like the exact same monster. Oh, it was great, man. I'd use that in a hundred movies if I owned that piece of shit. Remember like the I end would of use it in every movie. Like Drew should use that in Pool Party Massacre too. It should just <laughs> make a special monster. special guest appearance by. <laughs> <laughs> by by Ju- Julie, Julie Monster, yeah. Oh my God, that was good. Uh, and now that Morehouse has murdered his first student, uh, he goes and buys road flares and gasoline. That's not suspicious activity at all. <laughs> he went. He went. He went to the gas station. I thought he was buying dynamite. I was like, like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> so, so just imagine you're a teacher, right? Small town. People always suspect you maybe canoodling your kids or whatever, and. uh all of a sudden, you've got this relationship that the mayor uh, testified that you answered the phone, Julie, in a huff. The last person to see her was the mailman who saw her walk into your house at, you know, uh, 8.50 a.m. or whatever. Uh, she's dead now. She's missing. Nobody knows where she's at. Last house that she, they saw her in was your house. Then we have surveillance footage and credit card receipts of you buying gasoline and flares from the, <laughs> from the terribles down the street. Uh, you really don't know anything about where Julie went? Yeah. At any point, did nope. you think to contact no. an authority? He's like, well, I did I did drive by Julie's mom's house at one point, but that's about it. 
I clearly talked to the mayor about it too. <laughs> so, but any law enforcement entity, uh, the mayor is above the chief of police. So I guess he went straight to the top, but that mayor was not producing. <laughs> I called the president. He didn't answer. <laughs> Left a message. <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, the great decisions he's making right now. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. I, I really did think it was Dynamite, too, at first. I was like, he bought Dynamite at, a, at the AMPM? It's craziness in the 80s. I don't know what's going on? You probably had to had that 35-cent surcharge fee for using his debit card, yeah, too. Yeah, AMPM, motherfucker. <laughs> Bullshit. So, anyway, uh, he loads up his murder sack, and he heads to a concert hall filled with thousands of students to kill a rock and roll band led by Satan himself. And he, he, so he it's completely he, logical when you tell the court that man. like, he, hey, he he sneaks, and when I say sneak, he does the leopard crawl down the aisle, almost as if, almost as if if he was under like two feet, no one would see him, even though they were behind him, because he crawls down the whole. He leopard crawls down the whole aisle with no one noticing him all the way to the stage. And then he starts dumping gasoline all over it, and no one sees gotta, it. No one sees it. You gotta remember it. too. This is the concert that I thought he missed, <laughs> oh, but maybe well, it's the other one. There is uh, that. Damien is proselytizing in the name of the Dark One in the front of the crowd. Right, auto- auto-tuned, all in the spell. It's all auto-tuned up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like that preacher Osteen, but the opposite day or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Same kind of situation. But he literally walks right up to the stage left by not, duck walking well, not, or whatever you said. <laughs> leopard crawling. Yeah, and then he starts dousing the stage in gasoline, and everybody, literally, he's in the front of the stage, the whole band's up there, everybody, like, everybody's looking at the stage. <laughs> Wouldn't the smell of the gas alone draw enough attention to get you caught? Why was he trying to, yeah, okay. Nobody sees him until Damien just, like, happens to glance over and is like, get that man. But he says, get that man, he's literally four feet away from the dude. <laughs> he could have got him himself. And you know what he tells him? Oh, you're good. You're one of the best I've ever seen. You're the best <laughs> I've ever had, more man. Uh, like my God, you got all the way to the show and poured gasoline yeah. right on my stage. I did That's I, close enough. I did notice that they did allow the very front uh, row of people to stand during this scene. Everyone else was still seated, but the very front row was standing. Which I would be behind those front people in the front row, just bitching the P- entire. Like, why did I pay for a seat? Why did I? Why am I even yeah, here? Yeah. All I see is this guy's fucking ass. This is bullshit. Uh, that's good. So that's me. Anyway, he scuffles with a bunch of uh, a couple of greasers, I guess, and I say scuffle because it wasn't much of a fight. Yeah. Uh, and he's eventually brought to the feet of Damien, who reveals his true, bald, and slightly gayer self. Yeah, he also reveals he- hell has a pretty good dental plan because I saw every filling during his laughter <laughs> during his evil <laughs> laughter. <laughs> uh, he morphs into the Antichrist, uh, which gives. Uh, basically Morehouse, just enough time to concoct a plan, right? Uh, And then at that point, Damien's hitchmen and band members turned to cast members from Not Scary Farm, (laughs) because that's what those those costumes look like, and you can agree with that, right? Yep. Uh, Satan kind of reminded me of like a ghoulie with a pointier nose, or like a gremlin made out of silly putty. It was smushed. It was like a smushed up little thing. Like the demon dogs from Ghostbusters with two underage or underpaid Puppeteers sweating away under the stage, Alp style, maybe. I don't know. Like, like a frog, kind of like a demon frog. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm thinking about how they made this stupid thing. And then once they get this thing full frame, it's just a guy in a rubber suit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. I thought it was cool looking. Yeah. I mean, at this point, there's so much 
ridiculousness going on that you might as well just you know, enjoy it at that. You're already you're at the end. You might as well enjoy it. That that may have been re- reused in Rock and Roll Nightmare because there's a devil scene in Rock and Roll Nightmare where John Micklethor like fights the devil with like foam starfish and shit, and it looks almost it's just as silly. I'll have to send you a video. Okay. Of it. You'll love it. It's just as silly, right? Well, we do oh. we do find out that that the Damien's got nards. That at least we find that out. Uh, or I'd like to say Bill's above's got balls. <laughs> Either way, because <laughs> he that's his master plan. He's going to run up, kick uh, the, kick uh, the devil in the balls, right in the balls, <laughs> right. Uh, he punts him right in his cunt, and he uh, grabs Julie or Janie or whoever the fuck that is, and he lights a room full of kids ablaze. He, he still only saved Julie <laughs> out of all his students. <laughs> his plan was his plan to kill the devil is to go in to a room filled with thousands of children. Uh, douse the stage in fire or douse the stage in gasoline, kick the devil in the balls, rescue one girl and burn the whole place down to the ground. The girl that just turned into a demon at his house and he stuffed tennis balls in her mouth. Um, and stabbed her with a and chair. stabbed her. Yep. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, the mayor and Morehouse tell the firefighters to save all the kids and let everything else burn. Yeah. Don't worry about Julie. I got her though. You know, yeah, and by that he means like the demons they can go to hell but yeah. everybody else um you know you got to get them out of there i was so. i would dude i was seriously worried about tony's hair jelly catching on fire when he came out with the flaming arm because remember tony's arm was on fire acting tony goes to stuntman tony dude yeah he was you think they close. paid him for that stunt or he was just like i'll nah, fucking he do did it. it i don't he, care he, he did it he didn't give a shit he was down they didn't pay him a dime nope. he was just like no nah, i'll fucking light myself on yep. fire yeah it's yep. like you know he's like um um what's the guy kane hotter did you ever that. hear that story no. about how he's all burned up and stuff? No, because he had just gotten into the stunt business and some news story, some like uh, news program wanted to do a story on him being a stunt man. So he did like some crazy ass burn that he wasn't really trained to do, and he burned himself up. Yikes! That's why he's all scarred up and shit. Yikes! Yeah, that's Tony. All right. Anyway, um, the angel of darkness is no more, and life is back to normal in the small town of Mills Basin, except. Black Rose is just sold out like a week straight at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, the last scene is is Morehouse and the mayor, who I don't know if they're roommates now, like bosom buddies, or <laughs> they're just hanging out. Or they just kick it like that, and they're watching TV, and they see that uh, yeah, Black Rose is now playing a to half a million uh, person crowd before they move their tour to to uh, Britain or some shit. Yep, is it? And I'm still thinking. So they didn't tell nobody. They they just nothing. They just keep it to themselves. Who would believe him anyway? Yeah, you're right. And then the movie's over, and then I was like, man, I watched this way too many times. That was, that's how I... It faded, oh, you got to fade to Damien's photo he used to get the role in the movie anyway. His, yeah, his uh, headshot. Shot, you get yeah. his headshot. His headshot, yeah. And then you have uh, somebody says like, like in a Mortal Kombat voice or something. Yeah, yeah. And then laughter in the credits roll. <laughs> like Vincent Price from Thriller. Yeah. And then you get a pretty long credit scene. The movie's like an hour and 20, I'd say. Tell me about 123, if I had to guess. Yeah. yeah. Hour and 23. Quick quick watch, for sure. Yeah, we we, we put a lot lot more uh, time into talking about stuff that wasn't the movie into this hour. I'll tell you that. Yes, we sure did. <laughs> but you wanted to do a musical episode, so we basically got there. Happy Fasano February, everybody. Thank, if thank you have everybody. any ideas for uh, March, let us know. We can call it March Mopiness. Yeah. I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. All right, my man, Doc, give me your good news. This is a really good movie to watch with a rowdy group of friends with yeah. libations and snacks. Yeah. 
like a really fun one. Um, other than that, like maybe just save it until a movie night to be with friends to watch. Yeah, this is this is not something you need to really watch. It's a background movie at a party some, for some goofy scenes or uh, how we watched it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching it with you guys. Um, but yeah, it's... Which it's, reminds me, Slaughter Days sitting over here waiting on you to watch. All right, so, all right, movie night. Whenever you're ready. All right. Uh, for me, I really liked the background score music. It was cartoony and adventurous when it shouldn't have been and it didn't even match what was going on. But every time I was like, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed that background. The, the music was... Just a little bit off of what it should have been, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about the bad news? Uh, the incestuous pedophilia implied yeah, well. in the story is gross. Just gross. Cringy. Uh, like, but, but hilarious if you're drunk with friends, so I get it. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I get it. For me, it was, uh, I, I think there was some kind of social social message here. I don't. I just don't know what it was, like with all the Whitman and Emerson stuff. Like, Was it like, don't prejudge your kids' interests, or maybe you should, because... They were into some bad things. I wasn't really sure where where they were steering me with this. Did you catch? Did you nah, catch what no, was going? Not at all. Okay. No. I think there was something there. I just it didn't come across. It didn't work. I didn't care enough to pay attention yeah. to it. So yeah, yeah, I agree. What about a schlock star rating? I'm gonna give this two out of two Fasano films, and February is fine with me. We did it just fine. <laughs> two is enough. Two is enough. Just fine. I agree. Um, I'm satiated. I'm going to give it uh, 8 to 12 stems because that's how many roses it takes to make a bouquet, a small bouquet. Oh, there we go. Uh, what do we got this? Schlocker Not Protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. All right, Docolator, give me your first. Is Black Roses just footloose with demons? Angry kids, mad about the music coming to town, stuffy old white people. Don't, wanting to have a show and everybody's saying you shouldn't rock. do it. And then once that music comes in, the party starts happening. The kids just start playing chicken mm. with tractors. And so do you think shit. Footloose stole a lot out from Zombie Nightmare? Oh, definitely Footloose owes a lot to. I, I think so. To Black Roses. <laughs> sorry, not Zombie Nightmare. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> mixed up Same, Black Roses. Same thing. All right, good one. All right, nice tie-in. Um, Thanks. I told you I'd answer this in the last show, so I'm going to pose it to both of us. Uh, Zombie Nightmare or Black Roses? What do you think? Mm, I'm going to have to lean towards Black Roses. That is the correct answer. I, I liked this mostly because I think there was more fun to be had with this one with like the speaker monster and the weird skeletons and the boobies and stuff. And Zombie Nightmare pretty much, it was lacking in the fun department. It just, there was nothing really, um, nothing nothing to 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 smile about really, you know, but if you could have taken John Micklethorne and put him in black roses, man, what a powerhouse. Sure. Throw Sean Levy in it too. Other than his little, yeah, his little well, he's already there. His little scene. Yeah. Give him a couple of lines to yep. say. Yep. All right, man. Go ahead. Number two. What's the deal with step porn? <laughs> well, this guy was onto something early, I guess. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess nothing like, I had ever heard of until, you know, more recently. What is the deal with that genre? Weird, man. I just can't get off unless there's a step sibling involved. And this, so imagine seeing this in the 80s where well, we have some little bit of reference to it now, but I would have had zero reference to that in the 80s. I would have been like blown, I think yeah. I'd have been blown away. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. Gross. Weird. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've already kind of answered both my next questions, but I'm still going to go with them. Do, do you think they were instructed to not stand during the rock concert? Because that really did throw me off. Like, the, 
did they did yeah, that it had, had to, to have be been like, something? Maybe they had tried them standing earlier and it fucked up the shot. The way like it would they? Ca- stuff, I was so thinking the like, same thing. Like because maybe it would block too much of the stage was too low, so the camera couldn't get a good yeah, angle they or something. Not get in there and shit, so they had to sit down. And then at the end, when when the main actor was on the stage with Damien anyway, they could just set the cameras up on the right. stage and let everybody stand right up front to kind of create a backdrop to block everybody yeah. in the back. I don't know why it bothered me so much. It really bothered me though. Like I didn't. I, I remember that specifically when we were watching. You're like, oh, I guess the band's really good, but not good enough for those yeah, fuckers. It's not to stand quite up. that good. Um, not all right, all right, number three. All right, I got I got two for number three. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm gonna in my brain when I came up this question, I thought it was funny, but we'll see if it works or not. If not, I have a more traditional. Okay. All right. Okay. So if I were a salesman and I just rolled out that new model zombie nightmare, then I gave you a test ride in the top of the line black roses. And then presented you the chance to purchase Rock and Roll Nightmare. Would you take me up on the offer? I haven't seen Rock and Roll Nightmare. That's what I'm saying. I'm giving you the chance. Like, eventually, can we watch Rock and Roll Nightmare to complete the? Um, I, yeah, I think we have to. I think because uh, that's after not, this. Not, right? Maybe next Fasano February, we can do that in the jitters. Yeah. But would you watch Rock and Roll Nightmare based upon the two you've already seen? Oh, of course, uh, dude. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, of course I would. I, I almost, not only just to be a completionist or to say I have, but uh, also because I really have a lot of fun uh, doing that with you. You know what I mean? Like if I just watch it like with my wife, no, that would not be fun. But uh, given the chance, I would like to do it just to, so that we could have a chat about it and see where, see where Fasano has gone year to year to year. Who did he bring over with him? What did he do different? How did he improve or not improve? I, I'd totally do that. Yeah. It's neat to see somebody's like, their the history of their craft on the screen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you can see their trademarks. You can yeah. see where they grew as directors, where they got better, you right. know, writers who blah, stuck blah, with blah. them. Who'd you bring over? Yeah. I mean, th- you're talking, my- you're talking to the dude that still wants to do Showgirls two pennies from heaven. So y- <laughs> you understand? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my second, third question was, would you rather see a sequel to Black Roses or to Zombie Nightmare? If they pulled like a Deadliest Prey or a, or a Samurai Cop 2, which one would you rather see a sequel to made today? Of the two that we saw? Yes. I, my, my initial instincts would say uh, Black Roses because I preferred it to Zombie Nightmare, but I would like to see Zombie Nightmare done... I think I'm going to go Zombie Nightmare because I don't think they did it right the first time. I'd like to see if they really put some work into the story and the effects and the kills in Zombie Nightmare. I'd like to see that improved. Okay. What do you think? I, I, I'd kind of like to see like a different musical genre take on Black Roses. Like, you know, like... Um, but I think rock is always associated with like this devil shit, right? Yeah, but that crappy like new new country stuff that sounds oh, poppy. Yeah, yeah. Like make that the devil music. Uh, getting all good. these kids to get all hot and bothered and start committing crimes. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, okay. That's good. Little, so little we Nas get one of each. X is the new Damien or something. Yeah, one, something. We got one one vote for each movie, so I like that. Yeah, perfect. All right. All right uh, you've already kind of answered this, which I was surprised you even brought it up. But uh, will the name Damien forever be frowned upon because of the omen? Yeah, and actually, people I know, like I, I know a Damien, and he is a son of a bitch. <laughs> like he is a big old piece of shit. So, like, just I don't know if it's I associate the name with him or vice versa, but yeah, dude, like that is not the name to name your child. Like the Omen fucked that up, right? That's completely it. Oh yeah, yep. Crazy, huh? Crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, taglines. Okay, so I didn't do taglines. Did you do one? I did one. You want it? Okay. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, 
if the kids are united, then we'll never be divided. That's what my tagline for this movie. Is that, is that the uh, dragon sound? It's also, I think it's a Sham 69 song, but, you know, it fits. Okay. All right. What do you got? Uh, so I did um, a different game because of the mentors, and I just watched the El Duce tapes, and I've watched a lot of stuff about the mentors recently. Uh, very unsavory, un-PC band from L.A., punk band. Like, there was rumors that uh, Courtney Love had paid El Duce to pay to kill Kurt Cobain and whatnot, and that wow. was actually featured in the documentary and stuff. But El Duce was just a um, a drunk, um, rebellious piece of garbage, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people said he was also very talented and intelligent and gifted, but you'll have to choose for yourself. So my game is The Mentors or Me. Which of these song titles are from The Mentors or did I make them up? Okay, these are names of songs. What Could, could be a name of a song that is it true that or could be something performed? you made up. Or that I made up. Okay. Okay. I, okay. Uh, I'm ready. Full warning. They are extremely un-PC and unsavory. So. So if for some reason you listen with your kids, which I'm, you shouldn't, uh, warning now, skip Ever. To, just yeah, skip, skip the rest of the show. Okay. All right. You ready? Yep. One. All women are insane. Uh, that's a poem I wrote to my wife, like last Mother's Day, I think. Is that, is that, so is this also a song title? It sounds like something anybody could have written, (laughs) no women. But anyway, uh, no, that is a mentor song. Okay. All right. Uh, number two, Black Snatch. That's from Black Devil Doll. So I'm saying you made that up. No, that's, that's a mentor song. Okay. Also a song from DJ Quick, I remember, so. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, Butt Odor, number nine. That's Doc at Chipotle. I've already witnessed that firsthand. No, no, that uh, that is me. But the uh, the mentor song is Butt Odor Number Five. Okay. I, number. I knew I knew there had to be a difference. Yeah. Uh, all right, you ready? Yeah. Number four, free fix for a fuck. <laughs> that's uh, that's Danny going to the massage parlor uh, down at the, <laughs> down at the Cameron and Tropicana. <laughs> and also a mentor song. Okay. And an, uh, Homage to Danny's lifestyle. Okay. So anyway, uh, number five, Herpes 3. It's also Danny at the Massage Bar. <laughs> <laughs> that is a song I made up because the Mentors version is Herpes 2, which I sent you that song. So it's a misdirect. I don't know if you get a clip. I, d- but, um, I probably don't. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. But okay. I, I gave you the opportunity if you want. All right. All right? Uh, number six, the final one, Kicking Ass and Taking Names. That's from Roadhouse. I remember that specifically. It's uh, a Healy band. That John is Healy also band. one I made up because the mentor's version is Licking Ass and Taking Names. So even more. <laughs> it's also Danny at the massage park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's boy. good. Oh, That's boy. good, buddy. All right. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Uh, do you got a uh, Doc Flick pick for me? Uh, I'm just going to say, just go ahead and watch Rock and Roll Nightmare, man. Go ahead yeah. and finish it up. It's not streaming right now. I'll watch for it, though, so we can do it when it... when it. I own it on DVD if you want to borrow it. Perfect. When, when you the... come over to pick up Slaughter Day. Perfect. Um, I do have one, and it's it's one that I've told you about before and that I'm hoping we'll do on the show when it's available, but Buck Rogers, Season 1, Episode 19, titled Space Rockers. It's an excellent, excellently goofy episode that is almost the same exact same premise that we just watched, but it's in space with techno music. Uh, it's done. Oh, I mean. uh, dude, it is... It's ridiculous. It's fun. It's goofy. Uh, it's yeah. You'll you'll have a good time with that. When that one's streaming, that's our that's our one. We're gonna do that one. Our boob tube episode. That's the one. Yep. Oh, cool. dude, you know what I looked? You know what's streaming right now? Uh, the Bigfoot episode of Six Million Dollar Man. You know Andre the Giant was the Bigfoot. Really? Yeah. 
Jesus. I was like, oh, dude. Enormous. I was like, dude, we got we to gotta see that. Then I looked at it. It's a two-part episode, and both parts are an hour long. Like, it's a two-hour, wow. two-hour, six-million-dollar-man episode. Like, Quality television, man. Cripes. Quality yeah. TV. Right. What's the last boob two we did? Alf, right? Mm, yeah, Alf. About time. I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, man, I think the Fall Guy pilot, I think that's a, that's a banger, dude. That that one would be good for us. Try into the new movie coming out, too. It, it's, and it's, it is longer, dude. It's a two-parter, but it, uh, total time is like a minute, uh, an hour and 25, I think. So it's almost, it's just movie length. Um, yeah, dude, that's that's a fun one. Dare sure. we do a boob tube double-parter? Two-piece? Oh, I don't think we'd have to. I mean, there's not a lot to talk to. It's the Fall Guy, dude. It's it. Yeah. You're not going to have to get into the weeds too much with that one. <laughs> um, I guarantee somebody on this show has been on the love boat, though. Yeah, you that you damn right I it is. Damn to you. The pilot was a lot more enjoyable than I expected it to be. I think that we'd we'd have a good time with it. Okay. All right, let's do this. Slot or not. Okay, buddy, it's time. I'm going to proclaim that this is schlock and roll at its 80s. Schlock and roll. (laughs) Schlock and roll. Gargantuan hair, gaudy style, and goofy kills. Yeah, that's good, man. Schlock and roll. I can't believe I didn't come up with that. That's really good. Um, I'm going to say I can't say this is hard rockin' schlock. More like maybe firm rockin' schlock. or. It's hard schlockin'? Semi-firm rockin' schlock. Because it just wasn't rockin' as hard as I expected it to be. But yeah, it's schlock. Yes. No doubt. hundred percent. You got any thanks? Yes. Cause I got one. If you don't. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, pal. Thanks man. Appreciate it. And uh, don't forget you guys can join us on uh, discord. If y'all want to join us in the show, I wasn't even looking the over there. So, yeah. Uh, all the normal stuff. Uh, I do want to give a, a shout out to a, a buddy of mine from work. That is a, a newer, uh, newer schlock or not newer fan of the show. Uh, super cool guy. I actually went to high school with him, but didn't know him in high school, but, uh, He's known to, you know, some women around the world as Virgil the Protector. He's that type of dude. He also recently broke his coccyx, so he's kind of laid up. I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Virgil's butt piece, make sure that it gets... Violent coccyx accident. He had a violent coccyx uh, injury. Incident. Uh, super cool dude. Uh, been been really good supporter of the show. He listens to it all the time. He's been laughing and sending me clips, and that kind of sometimes... Uh, inspires me a little bit to like even all right man we got to we got to keep the show fresh we got to keep it going i'll listen to some of the older stuff and and improve on it and i do appreciate uh, all the nice things virgil has said and he's a really good dude always makes it worthwhile so thank you virgil the protector thanks pal all right hey you good doc i am great let's do this is this movie shock or not <laughs> is this movie shock or not <laughs> it's shock 100 100% not schlock. Schlock, how, how could you do that to me? Definitely not schlock. Definitely not schlock. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Hey, King Slash the Voice, Patreon supporter number one. The reason why I support the show is because I get value out of it. If you get a little value out of the show and you want to give a little back, you can support the show for as little as $1 a month. This show is completely funded by our friends on Patreon, and every cent made goes straight back in the main, making the show. Follow the link at steve52.com 